Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's on Draft, the podcast where we each draft five picks around a prompt we've written from books, music, movies, TV, or anything else in the universe, and you, the listeners, tell us who knocked it out of the park. My name is Paul, and I'm joined tonight by my usual co-host, Cameron. Cam, how's it going? Hey, man, I am feeling like I'm going to throw a perfect draft tonight. I like the confidence. Yeah. And uh, given our given our sports topic tonight, we have we have jettisoned our resident artist and brought in a professional. Oh, thank you uh, for that. That's all right. So joining us tonight is Gentry. Gentry, welcome to What's on Draft. Hey guys, how's it going? I am super excited and hyped to be here with you. And first of all. Let me just extend my appreciation out to what's on draft. I've listened to many episodes of you guys. I'm a huge fan. Um, personal favorite episode, I would have to say. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go old school here. It's your first episode. It got me hooked. It's a great episode. I it, feel it, like it, we peaked <laughs> early. <laughs> it's it was, really a great episode. It's the president. I, I actually tell kids about this, like at my school. Like it's it's the the presidential basketball three on three draft. Like it's it's classic. It's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's great. It's glad to hear a, a listener uh, in the flesh. I almost think that maybe these are accidental auto downloads. That it, uh, oh no, 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 no! Like, and I just recently I recently listened to your uh, your movie draft and the trials and tribulations that you guys are going through with trying to figure out the tough gigs. <laughs> yes. But with what movies gig. are actually going to make money? <laughs> Cameron and I have each already lost a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's changed 10 days since we recorded, so yeah. Uh it's a tough racket, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, uh I, you know, I reached out to you Gentry and we thought of you for this episode in particular talking baseball because you have your own baseball podcast. I do. Uh, do. And um you know there's there's very few podcasters in the world so we have to stick together <laughs> and help oh. each other out. But Yeah, and very few baseball podcasters, right? <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Um so we will do you want to give a, a little plug for for Star Power Baseball? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh so the podcast that I work on uh that uh it's very very new. We have about 5 episodes out right now. It's called Star Power Cast. And the premise of the show is that my father and I, um, like our aliases are, I'm Jim Trovo, the baseball nerd. And my father is Cincinnati Dennis. And uh, for the past 30 plus years or so, uh, we have created a baseball board game. And that board game is called Star Power Baseball. Um, so it's very, very small production. We make it ourselves and ship it out to people who want it and whatnot. And uh, we started, we decided to start a podcast about our board game and just the game of baseball in general. And so what we do on there is we just uh, tackle uh, current baseball topics, baseball history, because like both my father and I are just mega baseball nerds. Um, that was my childhood pastime was reading baseball books. Everybody, every kid's dream, right? So uh, we decided to just make a baseball podcast where we talked about our favorite game and tried to uh, talk about the, our board game that we made for Star Power Baseball, uh, which you can, if you're interested and you want to see what it's about, you can go to Facebook and look up Star Power Baseball. So uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's, a, it's, what's, what we have, it's a spinner mechanic where you take these cards and you put them in a spinner. Uh, but the way we make the cards, we base them on very uh, sabermetric and fan graph type of statistics to where it's very accurate. 
uh, and we've play tested this thing over tens of thousands of times. And so it works really well and it's, pr it's growing pretty fast right now. So we're really proud of it. Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the Facebook group. Um, I've been kind of, of lurking in there. I have not posted, but I've been reading, um, a lot of the posts and getting a lot of good info out of it. It's been a lot of, um, a lot of good conversation. So I can recommend that. And especially the, um, you know, the historical side of baseball, I, I sort of got into like sports in general when I was a little bit older. I wasn't into it a lot as, as a younger kid. Um, and so I like, I have a lot of, because I play fantasy, I get a lot of like modern day uh, players, but I have, I have a hole in my historical kind of sports knowledge. So I enjoy yeah. getting into some of that. And I, and I will admit like the only sport I'm knowledgeable about is baseball <laughs> like the other ones i i I'm, I'm decent at basketball football totally oblivious uh <laughs> baseball is the main gig here <laughs> so i just want to stress that yeah that's cool so does that game is that for sale is that like a retail game you can buy um you can buy it through our facebook page so uh -huh. we, we we don't have it for major retail just because uh Major League Baseball licensures are a very tricky animal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what we do is that the board game itself, we have copyrighted our formula for the game. Um, and so what we do is we produce the, the boards. And then if people want cards, we uh, advertise and put on different sets for people to buy. So for example, if you wanted to purchase single season teams, if you wanted to play the 2020 World Series, if you wanted to play the 2020 Dodgers versus the 2020 Rays, you could purchase that set and play that series. Or if you wanted to buy cards from the golden era of baseball, say from like the fifties and you wanted to play the best fifties players against each other, or if you wanted to play the best fifties players versus the best nineties players, you can do that. And so we've made tens of thousands of cards and we're, we're in constant production of cards and, and uh, just content uh, to get out there to the people. And all they got to do is uh, go to our Facebook page, sign up for the group. We have PDF files for uh, 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 catalogs. Um, and if you want stuff, basically what the, what the, what the thing is, is like my dad and I just uh, make them and print them off and mail, a, mail, mail it to people. That's, that's our, that's our uh, business right now. Yeah. Cool. That's yep. really exciting. Yep. Well, we will put links in the show notes if anyone wants to check out uh, your podcast or or um, the Facebook group. We'll make sure those are highlighted so it's a it's a click away um, for our so expect that bump from our tens of listeners. Hey, you <laughs> know, in. thank you, and and, and same here. I'm going to uh, advertise this what's on draft episode as much as I possibly can on our uh, Facebook page with our tens of listeners. <laughs> I like it. Cross hey, cross synergy. Ten times ten. There you go. That's right. Uh, well, yeah. As we so as we said, we are talking baseball tonight in honor of spring training. So this episode is going to be airing the week spring training is kicking off. Um, given that the latest effort to push it back was um, was rejected, the negotiations fell through. So we're assuming spring training will start when it's currently scheduled to start. Um, and so we wanted to talk about baseball, but being what's on draft, we wanted to put a little bit of a spin onto it. Uh, we can't just be talking actual baseball players. So we are each going to be drafting five 
fictional baseball players. So this could be any baseball player. Um, we didn't put sort of a limit on what medium. So this could be books, TVs, uh, TV shows, movies, whatever you were able to come up with. And so, um, uh, and I guess we can discuss a little bit how we're how we're conceptualizing the what our listeners are going to vote on, right? I was just kind of thinking of it as um, like if you had a, a, a baseball team and these were your core kind of five stars, right? Like which would be kind of the best five stars to have on the team. But um, any any other thoughts from you guys? Yeah, I would agree. I, there's been I've seen some uh, debates online where you have to fill certain positions. Um, I think we don't have to adhere to that. Now, it might be good not to have like two first basemen, you know, I don't know. But uh, I'm not saying we need to probably fill any specific positions. I was kind of along the same thought as you, five uh, stars on your team. I, yeah, I like that thought as well. And so when I was thinking about it, uh, and I, I participate in many fantasy leagues, and what I when I tend to draft in those leagues for baseball is like you got to figure out core spots and that's the kind of approach that I took. Like I was like, you know, out uh, a major outfielder, a pitcher, uh, a core infielder, catcher, that type of thing. So that's the, that's the kind of approach that I took. Yeah, I think that's I think that's solid. And I don't know about you guys uh, looking over. Of course, there's a lot of baseball films um, when we kind of thought of the topic. I knew it would be easy to come up with enough baseball players. We've, we've done some episodes where it's been a stretch to come up with 15 picks. Uh, I didn't think it would be hard, but I, I just looking at it in the totality of how many options there are, um, you can see people love, people love baseball fiction. And yeah, I would, the, the wife, when I told the wife what was happening, she was like, are there even enough baseball films? And I was like, you're clearly not a baseball fan or, or a film fan, really. You would know up to about like the early 2000s, all sports movies were, were baseball movies and Hoosiers, you know, that was kind of it. And yes. I don't, I noticed a trend um, and maybe this was just a little confirmation bias by, by what I was looking at, but it seemed to me that uh, there's a trend in movies to take the major player and put them either as a pitcher or in the outfield. You know, there's yeah. there's some good first baseman. And I wondered if that's just because if you're in the outfield, you get more good action, like running shots or like dramatic catches. And maybe you don't want a lot of shots of your, your star actor playing first base and just catching grounders or something. Yeah, that, and then, that sounds right. And then the pitcher you just get more high leverage situations than your average, you know, per in a single game. So if you're like world seven, you know, game seven of the world series, the starting pitcher, you can kind of put them on screen more than someone that's going to get four at bats or, or something like that. And so I wonder I, if that's the reasoning. I, I think because it's the game of baseball, I also noticed that it's almost always a multicast movie. Uh, you mm -hmm. really can't have one star on a baseball team because it's baseball. And you could be the greatest player in the world and your team could like not even make the playoffs. So, you know, you, the hardest part I was for me was there's so many accessory characters in the field and I just don't know how good of players they are because they only get like two or three scenes in action. Uh, so that was kind of my dilemma was how good is this one player from this movie? He had like one baseball scene versus this player from this movie who also had one baseball scene. So I'm interested to see where our second 
our our like kind of third and fourth and fifth rounds kind of come up because then we'll probably really start to have some some deviation with each other. Or uh, that that comment already makes me happy because uh, that's that's one of the exact feelings that I was having. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my first five, I'm like, these are great players, and then like after that, I was like, they hit the ball once in the movie, so I think I think they're worth it. So I'll I'll draft them. Well, just wait till y'all see my picks because I'm going five <laughs> straight all stars. <laughs> I found uh, a few deep cuts, so I'm excited to get. Okay. To get into okay. It. Cool. Yeah. Uh, for the record, Paul, I, I try to call it out. I, I think we're going to turn steals off because it's mm-hmm. pretty obvious we're all going to be drafting the first player, same players, the first couple rounds. Yeah. So, well, I, no, need, no need to call out. I don't think yeah. that uh, anything's been stolen for for a while. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it needs to to really. Cla- we've never truly classified it, but I think to classify as a steal, it has to be you losing a pick in a spot where you were expecting to get some value, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I thought I, I could get correct. this in the fourth round, but you took it in the third round kind of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we get going here, Gentry, as our guest, um, it is our tradition to allow you to select your placement in the draft order. Um, well, I, I, I thought long and hard about this for about half a second. <laughs> and uh, I, I believe that, with any traditional draft, like if you're, if you're like, especially in the last five years of baseball, you want to go first because you're going to get Mike Trout. So um, I decided to go first this year for this or for, for this episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I would like to go first if that's okay. All right. And Cameron, I think you have been, I've been uh, first or second a couple of times lately. So you good going second and then I'll take the third spot. Do you know what, Paul? <laughs> I know pre-production <laughs> we said I would go second, but I'm looking at my draft. Let me I'll go third. Oh All man. Right. This All is right. already this is developing like a great baseball game. There's already a twist. Um, you know my- what? I'm going with my lefty. I've decided. <laughs> You're pu- switching it up. Oh, that's what we go. We're gonna go with the opener and then to pull it out and then just go bullpen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll be I'll be I'll be center field here then with the yeah. pick order. Hey, so right. just to clear it up, right? Uh, so we don't end up getting into some debates here. We're talking fictional baseball players from film specifically. Yes. Right. From film, well, fictional I, baseball players. I got some no? non-film. I got a couple non-film here. Well, film, book, uh, TV show. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I went any fiction. I, I've now, admittedly, any- I have one book character. Okay. okay. I, I consider the book characters well. I wonder if it's the same one. Uh, that's fine, but certainly not a real baseball player in no, a piece no, no. of fiction. Yes. Right. right. This okay. is a, a completely fictionalized baseball player, not like I'm taking Hank Aaron from a film about Hank, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Babe Ruth from Sandlot. Yeah, right. I take yeah. that. Jackie Robinson from a Jackie Robinson story. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Yep. Good. So I think uh, I think we're good. All right, so do you want me to go ahead and start? Yeah, let's do it. We usually start with the national anthem, but oh, uh, you know yeah, what? Let's, let's go straight into it. We have all tipped our caps and saluted. And so um, I'm going to start this draft off with a quote. And uh, I kind of went with the thematic element with my picks here. And so this particular character from my number one pick um, has been quoted in the, it's from a movie. And 
his best quote in this movie is man this is baseball you got to stop thinking and this guy plays every position he can play anywhere in the field and in this particular draft i noticed a very limited choice of middle infielders and so when i'm drafting fantasy baseball teams and drafting a core group of teams i want to get a star shortstop. And I relate this guy to a slash Der a Derek Jeter slash Pete Rose, right? He's got the personality of Derek Jeter. Everybody loves him, but he has the versatility of a Pete Rose player. Now he's not as he doesn't bet on the game. I hope not. Um, but he's good. He's going to be good with the press. He's going to be a great teammate and he's a five tool player. And I'll explain that in a bit, but with my first pick, I'm going to go from the movie, the Sandlot. And I'm going to go Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know if that was what you were thinking. Uh, it's not. Okay, good. It is not <laughs> what I was thinking. Interesting. Um, I, I had Benny the Jet as my fifth fifth ranked number five. I really okay. did. Okay, um, so. He, he, uh, so he is, from what I could find, the only shortstop I could find in film that was a significant <laughs> character. So uh, I definitely wanted him for that reason. Like it's hard to have an old school baseball team without a, a standout shortstop, but uh, Benny, the jet, what can you say? Steals home can Dude, steal home. You know, okay. that alone. Not only that, he can outrun a bull mastiff. So that's true. So you went up when you're looking for a five tool player, like you got speed. He definitely can show that, right? He can hit for average. He can hit for power. He can play defense and he has a cannon of an arm. So Benny, the jet Rodriguez is a total five tool player. He lives and breathes the game of baseball and he's good. I mean, he's good with the press. He's, he's going to be a great person to have on your team because his best friend. Is, yeah. He's, he's calling the games. Yeah. <laughs> so like his best friend is the media. So this guy is just going to be the golden child of baseball. If he's on your team, let's not forget. He's a super nice guy. Yes. When, when nobody wanted that loser to play with them, he was like, no, don't worry. You can play with us. You'll be all right, kid. Like he's, he's the nicest kid of all of them. And he's the best player. He, you know, he's almost like an angel. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't get it. Hey, but he's also a Dodger, and uh, there, 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 so many Dodger greats. You got Jackie mm -hmm. Robinson, Duke mm -hmm. Snyder, uh, Jock Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Like so many Dodger greats. Oh, so and now uh, Trevor Bauer, new Dodger Trevor great. Bauer. Come on, yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway, that's my first pick, Benny the Jet. I know it's kind of out there, and I debated this choice. There, there is clearly another name on here that I, you, you guys are probably going to mention, and, and the two other ones that I'm actually going to create arguments against. And the okay. reason I went Benny the Jet is because I thought that he would be a very durable, long uh, player with a lot of longevity. And so, if I was going to form a baseball core. I would go with Benny the Jet. Well, Cameron and I, as the resident uh, Braves fans on what's on draft, a little sour on the Dodgers <laughs> lately. Uh, but um, yeah, I, you know, uh, again, as Cameron mentioned, hard to find a shortstop. That's a big part of any of these baseball properties. And the shortstop's so pivotal to the infield defense. Um, and one thing you know, playing fantasy is that if there is a scarcity at a position, Going early at that position, um, 
you know, crowds everyone else out in a way that is, is useful. So I, I can see it. Yeah. Uh, fun fact about uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, the actor who played young Benny was the younger brother of the actor who played old Benny. Hmm. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I read That's... that today. It could be false. I was reading it on all these baseball <laughs> websites. So who knows? But that's what I read. I have one major issue with that movie, though, is that I, I love the Sandlot so good. But when they do the flash forward to the future where mm -hmm. he's the player, it's the mustache. It's, and... it's like, <laughs> is this uh, this a ball player or is he an undercover cop? I don't. Yeah. It's just so distracting. I, yeah. I'm just like, come on, really? You have to put yeah. a mustache on the guy? Okay. Yeah, that was a little weird. Yeah. And maybe it's a maybe it's like a, a postseason rally mustache, you know, like the there you go. That's actually yeah. I can I can see that. You can shave it once you steal home. That's the team rules. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was gonna get home. All right, Paul. Yeah. I'm a bit nervous here because I thought Gentry was gonna steal my number one pick. So then uh -huh. I wanted the back to back. So I'm really interested what you have as your first round pick. I yeah, this one. Um, uh, like I said, I've, I found a few deep cuts and some out there picks and, you know, I like to make those picks. So I'm going to lean on some of those. And this was a movie that I had not even heard of until, uh, a couple of months ago when another podcast I listened to, um, actually ended up doing an episode on it and it is not a good movie. Um, oh, I that's watched not good. I watched a lot of it on YouTube just because I wanted to draft this guy. So I wanted a little background oh, knowledge. I feel like not... I'm so upset with myself now. If you pick this guy. All right. Oh, well, let me ask you this, Cameron. Does, does this baseball player uh, give you a little collegiate feeling? No. All right. So this one, I either, it, it was weird. I thought it would be so out of left field that no one would have, neither of you would have heard of him. Collegiate, you say? It, just in the I'm, name, I'm just I'm in the name. But I then saw. Oh yes, yes, it does. It does give me. Gosh, I should have gone second. So this is who you were thinking of. Yeah, of this taking? is who I was going to take first. All right. Well, then I'll just go ahead and say I am drafting Steve Nebraska. Oh. Yep. 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 Uh, Paul, I'll take the I'll take the argument here. Um, <laughs> game one of the World Series pitches a 81 pitch immaculate game. Uh, never before done <laughs> ever. Uh, he hits for power and he pitches uh, and he rides down to the mound in a helicopter. Uh, Steve Nebraska. Yep. Delivering. That was, that was my number one pick. And you remember, was it really, you know mm -hmm. who he strikes out at the, uh, the end of the game one. Oh, it's a major leaguer. Ozzy Smith. It's a major league. Ozzie, yeah. Ozzy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there's several, there's three or four major leaguers who make an appearance in the movie, Really, which yeah. is not a good, now the thing is, I think at the core, there was a good concept and it probably had a good script. Um, so listeners, the movie is called The Scout. Albert Brooks plays the titular character and he's a scout for the Yankees and he has a player that he really vouched for go bust because the player basically gets the yips when he gets to the big leagues. So they, they demote Albert Brooks and send him to Mexico where he finds Brendan Frazier, who is um, a freak athlete who doesn't really understand baseball that much. And it turns out 
his parents were killed. I think they were like, it was either like a horrific car crash or, you know, there's a, a tragic accident to his parents and he uses baseball as like his escape. Right. But he's also has all these kind of neuroses and things and they take him back to New York. And I think what the movie was meant to be was he goes to New York they, he says, I want to sign this huge contract, but I don't, I don't really want to play baseball this year. So they tell him, you can sit out unless we make the World Series, and then you got to come play in the World Series. And I think what the concept was supposed to be was he goes to a psychiatrist, and as his like mental health improves, he gets worse at baseball and less interested in baseball. And then that would be kind of the conflict at the end of the movie. Like, you know, what does he do? Does he keep playing baseball or does he give it up now that his, he's kind of put his life together? It's not really what happened, though. No, because right? I think what happened is the studio said, that's a good, that's a fine movie, but also we need him to be the best baseball player to ever play baseball <laughs> so like, that we can like sell the movie. real good, not, not uh, even conceptually allowed by the laws of physics. Right, you know, right. 81 straight strikes. It's just... And, uh, and his final strike, uh, so he, he just <laughs> blows two past Ozzy, and then he throws his last pitch at 112 miles per hour, and it knocks the catcher and the umpire over. <laughs> and then the umpire stands up and goes, what was that? And the catcher says, I think it was a strike. And yeah. so then the ump goes, all right, you're out. <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah. This this was a early childhood guilty pleasure watch for me i used to watch this movie all the time i don't know if i had it on vhs or what but this was one of my before i knew what a bad movie was i used to watch this movie a lot i, I loved it because i loved baseball and uh you know it was a very cheap feel-goody movie you know based on the mm -hmm. way they took the, the plot so i, I love to watch it love to see uh ozzy smith real world baseball players in movies that's always fun i think there was a sandy koufax scene in there mm -hmm. as well i think so yeah uh and a i don't know if it was like uh, it wasn't mike piazza i don't know who it was somebody else um uh or brett saberhagen i don't know somebody was in there um but fun movie as a kid i've watched it again as an adult not a good movie <laughs> not a good movie at all yeah. but uh you know the 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 last 15 minutes still has a lot of nostalgia kind of a fun wash watch yeah. uh when you're when you're bored but uh yeah it was my number one pick uh with the hundred and the the humanly impossible 112 <laughs> miles an hour uh how can you not take that right i i literally would not have heard of this movie at all except uh there's i've mentioned do go on which is a podcast a couple of times before and if you're a patreon supporter they do three bonus episodes and one of them is a full different podcast concept called phrasing the bar where they go through all of brendan fraser movies one by one um and like two months ago it was this movie and um so i i had just had it in mind and so i added them to my list but yeah now, other than that i would have never known this existed so um do you guys mind me being a little bit critical of steve nebraska here go for it we okay yeah. I'll just, I'll, I'll give a couple on us who I want to see what you say too. So I had Steve Nebraska as my number 12. So uh, he, like I had him really a little bit lower on my list. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, he's only played one game Now, granted it was the world series and he did throw 81 pitches and 27 outs and it was an immaculate game. But here's the thing. It was 1994, correct? 
So, right. so I'm just going to go a little bit out on a limb here. Let's say he's in the height of the steroid era. And let's just say Steve Nebraska succumbs to what most other superstar players of that era succumb to. And is his talent really talent or is it, is it uh, you know, aided and embedded in some way? You know, I'm just saying that and what was 90, I think 94 was a strike year. So baseball at that time was a very, very tricky situation in regards to uh, players signing contracts and, and, and just people uh, being fans of particular players. Um, Steve Nebraska, the, the great mullet that he had, um, <laughs> um, I, I, I feel that he might be a player that might've gone down a dark path because he did have that mental instability. He had the yips. He had, he like, couldn't maintain himself. I just don't know if he would be a player that would last a long time. Yeah. So that's my critique. It's hard to not gamble with a, a player who can hit for power and pitch perfect games. Uh, So, but given that on his very first game, he pretty much almost like committed suicide. Uh, I think it's, I, I agree with Gentry. It is doubtful. He's going to make it 162 games without having some sort of a mental relapse. Um, and frankly, Paul, the fact that your ball club is choosing to place wins for a game over a human being's mental health, I find <laughs> particularly disgusting uh, and disappointing. Hey, we have an extremely strong foundation here. We have all the support that Steve could ever need. And we're also going to hire Albert Brooks's character, who uh, at the end, Steve Nebraska says, you're like my father now. So, you know. Oh, I, I actually have a quote. Figure. I have a quote first from Steve Nebraska. Like what? I was writing down quotes. So here's my favorite quote from Steve Nebraska in The Scout. And it is, I got you something. It's a chocolate baseball hat. <laughs> See, nice, courteous <laughs> man. The yeah. kind of guy I want being the, the star pitcher and uh, DH of my team. So there you, there you go. It's like a Shohei Otani. Yes, yes, except not injured. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Cameron, I, I have another name on my list that I think you are – uh, uniquely placed to potentially to p- potentially take away from me here. So I'm going to let you do your back-to-back picks and see if you get one back on me. Okay. Well, I met, I got three I want here. Is there any chance y'all let me draft three just right <laughs> off the bat? Uh, <laughs> if one of them is from the Bad News Bears, then I'll let you use up three picks. You, you know, let me admit this. I'm only drafting players from movies that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I I don't I have not seen uh, the Bad News Bears so I don't have any any players from that. Uh, I think for my first pick I'm gonna go in left field, career 314 hitter, 312 home runs, 504 stolen bases, third all time in walks, drove in a hundred runs in 11 of his last 13 seasons. He's a career a consistent player. Uh, in 1985, he hit 336 for his career high. <laughs> um, we're going in left field with the hilariously funny Bernie Mac as Stan Rosk from Mr. 3000. Nice pick. Um, I picked Stan Ross again. I find the best players come from the worst movies. 
So, <laughs> yeah, which I guess is true because a real movie, uh, you know, a good character would be, you know, flawed and be dealing with not being great, right? You need a, a top 10 all time player uh, to be in a bad movie because that's a bad story to tell. You want a story to tell for somebody who has issues and has trials to overcome. So that kind of makes sense. But I picked Stan Ross because two things, his career has numbers behind it. Uh, and that's based on the movie. They did put a lot of these numbers into the story. So I was able to recite a lot of what I just said, uh, which is true. So it has a little bit more uh, data behind why he's probably a great player to pick so early. Um, and I've seen the movie. So those are kind of the two reasons why I picked uh, Stan Ross. I, I think this is a good pick. There's a lot of statistical. You're right. There's a lot of statistical data to back up Stan Ross because have you seen the picture of his baseball card? where it, it shows the back of his baseball card and it just shows mm, like right. very, very consistent stats, solid 300 hitter, very high on base percentage, um, very average power. Uh, and he has character growth. So he, from 1970 something, 79 or mid seventies, can't remember when, but basically an eighties player, late late seventies or eighties player. Like he's a Eddie Murray type of guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but the thing against him is that he's a total jerk. Yeah. And no, he's all about himself. Nobody likes him. And the whole concept of that movie is that when he discovers there's been a statistical error, which I love, by the way, because that's actually a realistic thing. So, Ty Cobb, right? Um, that happened to Ty Cobb. So, when Pete Rose broke the all time hit record uh, with 4192. It was actually that he had broken it before because what they discovered, Ty Cobb in uh, 1907, eight or something, I can't remember the exact year, they actually counted a game twice for him and they had given him two more hits than he actually had. So it also dropped his career batting average from 367 to 366. And so this, this story about Mr. 3000 is actually very real. It happened to a player. I mean, it's not like it, it wasn't like, you know, you went from 3000 to 2997. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys, you heard it here first. Uh, Gentry has declared that Ty Cobb is actually a bad baseball player. The, the data is skewed uh, and that he's uh, not one of the greats. I, I would rank. I, that's, a, I, that's a bold take. Bold take <laughs> to make on the pod. I'm surprised. Oh man, I oh, dug myself a hole in that one. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Ross was not. So I had I had um, on my list from Mister Three Thousand. Uh, I put T Rex on my list. Um, a little bit lower than the first round um, here, but uh, my worry with Ross, right, is that you're either getting him at the height of his power or with the mental maturity right? He, when he gets the mental maturity, he's no longer a star player. He is in his forties, um, which was why I kind of listed down uh, T-Rex Pinnebaker as maybe the next hot shot who gets to benefit from having the tutelage of Stan Ross saying, you know, don't go down the same path that I did. So any worry that Stan Ross is going to hit a statistical milestone and then retire from your team. Yes, big worry, big worry, which is why when we sign him, we will be uh, petitioning to wipe out all his stats so that he has to start over <laughs> start and give scratch. us all that effort again. No, no, but, I don't know. But Stan Ross does have his epic moment at the end of the movie where he's going for hit number 3,000. And instead, I mean, quite literally, he sacrifices it 
and gives it up. Like he does a sacrifice bunt for his team to win the game. Right? Hey, let, help me out. Understand, let me understand this. Why, what, what is, why is the defense throwing it to first? I, you know, I, I, I can't really recall the scene. In the yeah, I, I think, I believe Penny Baker's on third, unless they're pulling a major league and he's on second, but I think he's on third and I don't know if he steals uh and or 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 what happens but right he, he lays a bunt down and the defense goes to first and then home well that's just a bad play it's just a bad play so <laughs> was it a smart move i don't know <laughs> no I mean, that was a terrible if it, if it didn't pay off i mean the fans would have been really upset about that call the, the defense was just a big fan of the safety squeeze as yeah, in right the cocktail that cameron and i made up in college the uh yeah. what was it cherry was it, was, it cherry coke and cherry jack and cherry coke is yeah. a safety the squeeze safety, safety squeeze. squeeze nice, yeah. nice. Uh, i don't know why we I, we were watching a game and <laughs> yeah. somebody laid down a safety squeeze and that we said that sounds like a great to drink. drink yeah i don't know <laughs> but uh, uh. <laughs> I uh, love it, and he's an, he's a hall of, he got in the hall of fame at the end. Of right, the so there you go. Right. You, got, you got a hall yeah, of fame yeah. player. Good pick. I had uh, it, I had him as my number seven overall. Okay. Oh, right. and I got a quote. I got a quote. Look at this. Uh, yeah, I like the I like so, the prep work with the quotes. So here's my quote that he said, and I had to look up what this 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 terminology meant because I was like, I hope this isn't offensive. So he said, <laughs> <laughs> he said, like they told they told him he's gonna hit eighth in the batting order, and he said eighth. That's for banjo hitters. And I was like, what does that mean? And so I looked it up and it's like what a banjo hitter is. It's a person that just barely dinks the ball. Like it's a very weak hitter. And like so, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. I see. I, I had not heard that before. Banjo I know. I mean, so I like the, the history there. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I looked it up before I quoted it because I was just like, okay, I hope this isn't this like is, some terrible it's some sort of <laughs> racial epithet or something. I know. I was just like, good grief. I hope this isn't horrible. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, Cameron, why don't we go into the second round then? Okay. Um, I, I kind of wanted to pick something, someone who's a little more close personally to me, a movie I enjoy a little bit more. But uh, I think I'm in it to win it. I want a team that's going to be better. So I'm going to take um, a great player from a movie I've only seen once and I've actually seen it in bits and pieces, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and count it as a movie that I've seen, but I'm going to take a great ball player played by a pretty good actor, Wesley Snipes. And I'm going to be taking Bobby Rayburn, Ah. not Willie Mays Hayes, taking Bobby Rayburn from the fan three time net NL MVP, three time RBI champ. Those were the statistics I found in the character's background. Uh, he's just an all-around great player. He He's so great, he causes a fan to go crazy about him. So, obviously, Robert De Niro is the titular fan in the fan who is crazily obsessed with Bobby Rayburn. But uh, he's, a, he's an amazing player. The baseball aspect of the film is only focused on him. We don't really have t- the issue of all these additional characters and their own baseball success and falls. So we can really just showcase how great Bobby Rayburn is. I think he plays for the giants, uh, which, you know, whatever, but he actually he gets traded from the Atlanta Braves from the Braves. Right. Yeah. Which is actually a sub, a, uh, a subplot to some other characters I found was people leaving the Braves for another team. <laughs> it's very interesting. 
Yeah. But uh, Bobby Rayburn, uh, Wesley Snipes, center field. I got him. I got him center field. So I got two outfielders. Such a good pick. Like he was my number three. Um, again, like you, you, you kind of you, you throw a curveball when you say Wesley Snipes. People think you're to say Willie Mays Hayes, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Bobby Rayburn's like a Barry Bonds slash Mookie Betts type of player. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, another five tool guy. Um, I got a quote again. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, my and I, I was trying to find quotes for all these guys that actually worked and that were appropriate because some of the some of the quotes that these guys give, I'm like, nope, can't say that one. Um, <laughs> uh, Bobby Rayburn, which I like this when he said, and this is like so the the plot of this movie is that he gets traded. He actually struggles at the in, in this in this film at the beginning with with the, the season that he's having, and uh, Robert De Niro's character starts to interfere with that, and so there's a murder in this movie, and the press, I believe, I'm not, if I'm getting this right, think that you know, like Bobby Rayburn, like is associated with the murder, right? And you come to find out that De Niro's character actually killed one of the guys on his team. And then that kind of like Bobby Rayburn got like hot after that and then took off for the season. Right. And so like, that's a big, a big plot point. And so like one of the quotes that Rayburn said earlier on the movie is said, he said, my season is like a bad freeway accident and you guys, you guys are slowing down to watch. And I love that quote because it's a very great baseball quote because when players struggle, like a superstar player struggle, like the media just yeah. hounds, they hound oh, them. Yeah. Focus on it. Yeah. Yes. And so it, he just kind of like, and that's what, that's what Barry Bonds was. Right. And he mm-hmm. was like, like the media just hounded Bonds and he would just like lash back out at them. And like, I thought this movie was like uh, Bobby Rayburn was the, uh, like the epitome of the, just like the, he, he was Barry Bonds essentially. And uh, yeah, great, great player for, for a baseball fictional character. Yes. Yeah, I have not actually seen this film, so I um, am, am not um, as familiar with it. I, I do wonder, I also can't even notice the trend of um, lots of Braves-related stuff in movies, either set with the Braves or players going from the Braves. And I wonder if some of that is just the uh, tax breaks that Georgia gives uh, companies to come film movies in Georgia. And so oh. they're like, well, I can get a tax break. So why don't I just set this with the Braves and then I can ask them if I can use their stadium. I was wondering if it was like a Ted Turner thing. That could be too. Yeah. Ted Turner connections, but yeah, there are a lot of, um, uh, even, even recent ones, um, like, uh, what's the trouble with the curve that was all set that, with the Braves. Was, yep, and yeah, yep. yeah, I got it. Yeah. There's a couple of Braves yep. things. So, yeah. But yeah, solid, solid pick. You always throw people off when you say Wesley Snipes. They always think of Willie Mays Hayes. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, uh, interesting enough, uh, Wesley Snipes. This is an interesting thing that I've realized over the years. Right, you know, I, I'm sure decades ago, all young men played all sports. You know, back in the mm-hmm. '50s and the '60s. You know, you were out. You just learned how to play all the sports. Nowadays or even probably in the last 30, 40 years, you don't necessarily play every sport, you know, like I, you know, you don't, not every person knows how to play basketball or play baseball or throw a football. Uh, Wesley Snipes can't throw a baseball very well. Hmm. So you don't see him. I, I, I don't think in either of them, but I do know one of the fun facts about major league is that he never throws a ball and they oh, do yeah. that because he doesn't have a good throwing motion. And they're like, you know, you can't fake, being able to throw a ball and be a major right. player. 
and yeah. it looked bad. Uh, he only, you only see him catch, uh, uh, hit and run, uh, and hmm. not throw a ball. Oh, that's funny. Interesting. They did, yeah. they did that in another movie as well. Uh, Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. So the kid from Dazed and Confused that he was a pitcher with the long hair. Uh-huh. Uh, if you look at the editing editing of that movie, and I've watched uh, a documentary on this, like he couldn't throw as well, and so they when they had him throw, they had to edit it in a way to where it made him look like he could actually pitch. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. All right, Paul. Um, what do you got? All right, I've got another. Uh, I'm going to move away from from the movies here for another deeper cut, um, and this is one. Uh, Cameron, if anyone was going to take this before I could, it was going to be you. Um, and this is uh, the only other shortstop I had on my list other than Benny the Jet. So given that scarcity of shortstops we talked about, I'm going to get this one in. And another one who who had a very large statistical feat, uh, breaking the consecutive games with a hit record by Joe DiMaggio. Um, this player broke it in the year 2026. Cameron, do you know what I'm going for here? I'm bad at this game. No, I I am going to draft Buck Bakai, who is a baseball player from the Star Trek universe, first mentioned in the Next Generation, and then uh, seen. You see his baseball card, and he makes an appearance in Deep Space Nine. What episodes are these? Uh, he makes a physical appearance in If Wishes Were Horses. And uh, you see his baseball card on Cisco's desk several times throughout the series. Um, Initially played by uh, someone who worked on the set. And then when they had him come in and physically be in an episode, they they brought in an actor to, um, uh, to portray him. But he is a switch hitting shortstop who had a a very lengthy career. He played from 2019 all the way until 2042 um, was a, a power hitting switch hitter early in his career, uh, uh, averaged for the first several years, 20 home runs from the right side, uh, then uh, moved up the order and hit for a little less power, but um, a very high batting average. So he broke, um, he broke Joe DiMaggio's hit streak record, and then he broke another, um, another uh, a DiMaggio record in 2032 later in his career. Um, switched to third base later in his career, but um, was primarily a shortstop in the uh, uh, Planetary Baseball League. Um, so he played for, uh, let's see, uh, a London couple of the Kings. Yeah, the London Kings primarily, but he also um, was part of a big trade involving the Gotham City Bats um, and the Crenshaw Monarchs. Um, and then in that 2042 series, um, his team lost to the to the Yankees. And because of the dwindling popularity of baseball, there was a total of 300 spectators watching the World <laughs> Series game in the in the 2040s. But um, Buck Bakai, whose name is a play on um, uh, the movie Buckaroo Banzai um, for other sort of sci-fi cred. But yeah, I'm taking shortstop. Buck Bakai. It's a great dark horse pick. Deep dive. Very, uh, very deep, very much of a deep cut. I, okay. I, I'm ashamed to admit it, right? Deep Space Nine is my favorite Star Trek series, but I actually really hate the first season. 
So I haven't even uh, seen all the episodes from the first season. So I don't think I've seen this episode. Okay. Uh, as I'm looking yeah, I, it thought, up. I thought for sure he'd be on your radar being the deep space nine fan that you are. So that's yeah. why I thought I had to, I had to put him a little earlier in my draft order. Here. I'm ashamed as a baseball fan and as a Star Trek <laughs> fan that I, I missed this. Like this is kind of where it, my lives need to intersect and I need to like produce great results. And I have failed utterly. See, this is why I love this podcast is that like it's it's picks like this that just blow my mind and i haven't heard of this guy um i i he wasn't even on my radar i love it he sounds like uh francisco lindor you know like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if he's like 2019 to 2042 i think switch hitting power hitting shortstop then moves to third base like this sounds like a frankie lindor in my in, in it- my book it's hard to imagine a, uh, uh, a, such a amazing player in the future who's a switch hitter. You know, I just feel yeah. like, you know, somebody of that caliber uh, and a switch hitter, you know, so far in the future. But uh, that's amazing. That's, that's amazing. So uh, great, great pick. I'm going to go watch this episode this weekend just to so – um, I've pulled up his baseball card for you two to look at here. This is from the, so they, you see this briefly. Yeah. Buckaroo, Harmon, <laughs> Harmon Bakai, uh, Buckaroo or Buck as the nickname. He also played for the London Kings for a long time. And he, he averaged uh, it, over 117 games. He hit 390 <laughs> in the year 2025. Um, so yeah, well, you could, yeah. I, I would say probably in the year 2025, like if we go by realistic standards, we're probably going to only have a 60 game schedule anyway. So hitting 395 mm-hmm. is very, very realistic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Short season. Um, but yeah, I, um, like I said, I, I got a couple, I have another pick on my list here that I will be even more shocked if either of you have heard of, but we'll see when that gets back around to me. Like I, I like he's not even on my list. I can't check him off. So man, that's a, that's a good choice on Buck Bakai. I can't argue against that. Yeah, that's good. I don't know if I could have, yeah, you know what, based on his stats, I would have taken him in the first round if I was aware of him based on those, those stats on the baseball card there. So uh, that's a great, great pick. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can't, I, I, I got nothing on that one. <laughs> I don't know if he even has any speaking lines, so I don't know if you could have <laughs> could have brought up a quote, even if you had known. You of can't his even existence. argue against it. But all right, well, Gentry, how about you? Uh, you've got back to back picks. I got here. I got back to back. Okay, so look, I as much as a sabermetric analytical fan and appreciator, like I that I am, I love legend and I love lore. And I'm going to go with a pitcher for my second pick. And when I was doing research, there are a ton of fictional pitchers that can easily just slip in there and like be your main guy. Um, But I, a few years ago, I made some uh, top 10 lists on YouTube about like, who are my top 10 uh, position players? Like my top 10 first baseman, starting right handers, that type of thing. Um, so this guy, it's probably the most superfluous movie title name of any baseball movie. And uh, I'm going to pick as my starting pitcher, Bingo Long. And the movie is called 
bingo long traveling all-stars and motor kings and so if you don't know this movie it stars uh billy d williams as bingo long and uh james earl jones as uh his catcher leon carter and it is it's 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 a, it's a really great baseball movie because it depicts the negro leagues back when they did the barnstorming days right and so if you haven't heard the news lately, uh, Major League Baseball just like recently uh, classified the Negro Leagues as a major, major league. And I, I thought this was a really uh, good step for them because um, I'm a big fan of a person named Bob Kendrick, who is the president of the Negro League uh, Baseball Museum, right? And so I'm picking Bingo Long, and, and here's why. Um, he is basically the, the de depiction of Satchel Page. And in my baseball videos of top 10, I think Satchel Paige is the best right-handed pitcher of all time. And so I'm picking Bingo Long because I think Bingo Long is probably the greatest pitcher uh, to pitch in a major motion pitcher, picture. Excuse me. <laughs> um, he does the antics. So there are a couple times in the movie where he tells his outfield just to go off the field as he strikes out the side. He doesn't even need the outfield. He starts a game off where he tells his team to run to the sideline and just stand on the sideline while he strikes out the people that are batting. And uh, Bingo Long is a legend. A legend. Um, I don't have statistics to back it up uh, for this, but I, I'm going to go for just status on this one because Billy D. Williams is amazing uh, as this character. And so uh, that's my that's my second pick. Is I'm going for a starting pitcher, Bingo Long. I have Leon Carter on my list. So go. I've got someone from this movie um, um, on my list. I had not seen it until uh, I, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I saw the movie in doing prep work for this draft and have watched several scenes and it looks great. Like you said, the cast is an all-star cast. I'm definitely going to watch the full movie at some point. But one of the scenes I watched was where, um, they're, they're playing a team and the center fielder for the other team comes over and asks if he can switch to their team. And, uh, they say, you know, like, Hey, we've already got a center fielder. You can't, you can't be on the team. And so he just goes out and, uh, basically just, just pummels them so well playing for the other team that they, at the end of the game, he comes over and says, Hey, congratulations. My center fielder just said he wanted to play on the bench. So you actually can <laughs> jump over to our team now. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's, that's on, we can link that clip. There's a, there's a short clip of that on YouTube, but yeah, yeah. it looks like a, looks like a great movie and you can't go wrong with Billy D Williams on your team. No, yeah. I mean, they got Lando, there you go. But like my favorite quote from the movie that he said it's uh he's talking about a pitch that he has and this is what like and, and he's again he's the reinterpretation of satchel page and satchel page was known for his trash talk mm -hmm. and uh so he's told he's, he's talking about his pitch and it says it's so fast it burns the atoms off the leather and it's at the speed of light so <laughs> i mean any guy that like hey this this is what this pitch is going to do uh so you can't hit it blah, blah, blah. bing along uh my number two yeah i saw all these characters on lists uh, i had not i've not seen the movie or at least i hadn't thought i'd seen the movie so i did not consider them uh richard pryor also in the movie mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah so uh a heck of a cast there with billy d james Earl jones and richard pryor but you were describing some scenes i've seen this movie 
I, I remember seeing the scene as a kid of him saying, everybody get off the field while I pitch. Yeah. Uh, and, and I remember seeing that scene when I was young and, and I didn't even know what movie it was. So I just discovered that's what I was watching. Uh, Bingo Long, Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. So that's really, that's really interesting. It's, it's a rare find. It's, it's yeah. one of those, it's one of those, like when you do a search, you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't stick out very much as in, in regards to just being memorable baseball movie, because it was just, it was so low key for the time. But when you go back and look at it, you're like, Oh my gosh, this cast was amazing. I mean, the storyline it's, it, it's okay. I mean, mm-hmm. but for what the movie does and, and what it depicts uh, that era of baseball, uh, it's it's a it's a cool watch you know i mean it might not be like groundbreaking filmmaking but uh for still what what the characters that they did and like they didn't use the real names of you know some old negro league players but it's still one of those cool moments where you're like okay yeah like i can i can see like this is what baseball life was back like in the Mm -hmm. 19 late 20s and 30s and this movie is actually in the baseball hall of fame so they uh they purchased five of the marquee posters at one point and put it up in the, in the hall of fame. So hall of fame movie. Yes. And now that you mentioned the hall of fame, I got to do a brag here. Um, I went to the hall of fame in 2015 and if you've never been, I highly recommend it, but my father and I actually won baseball trivia at the hall of fame. Wow. Nice. Wow. Yeah. And that's we, pretty impressive. We shocked them. They're like, what are these two dudes from Arkansas? Like, <laughs> how, who are you guys? Like, they, they asked us some hard, hard questions. And we won like a year long membership to the Hall nice. of Fame and stuff. It was, it was pretty cool. But like, uh, yeah, it was, that's one of my claims to fame is winning uh, trivia, like trivia at the Hall of Fame one year. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, I like, I like the pick. Um, like I said, I had a few names from the movie on my list. I may, um, I may go with, with something else when my, my turns come back up just to get some more different content going on. But, um, if you hadn't taken someone from this, I definitely was going to be taking, uh, one of the three kind of central players from, from this movie. Well, you know, the other one that you mentioned may or may not be on my list. So, okay. okay. I don't want to give that away. <laughs> um, so I got my picture because you yeah. need a picture. So um, so now this is a tough choice for me. Like I'm going back through. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some I'm gonna do some gambling here from before my next pick, and I'm gonna pick an outfielder, and uh, I'm gonna kind of go back to what I did in round one. I'm gonna go to a movie that I absolutely love, and I, I Cameron, I think you said you mentioned you haven't seen this movie. And uh, I'm going to go from the Bad News Bears. And uh, this is one of the greatest baseball performances in any movie ever. When this kid was on screen, he never got out. The only time that he mentioned he was ever out was when he was trying to flirt with a girl. And the player that I'm going to go for, for my number three pick, is uh, a, a character played by the great Jackie Earl Haley. And that's Kelly Leak. From the Bad News Bear, who can play the Bad News Bears, who plays center field and shortstop. And I'm 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 comparing him now to a future Mike Trout. I think he's that good. Because when he's uh playing uh I think it's uh ski ball or not ski ball, but like what's the air it's air hockey. I think he's playing air hockey with uh the 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 main girl lead in the in the in the movie, uh Tatum. 
something Tatum O'Neill, right? Yeah, yeah. And and so he's like, hey, I'm batting eight forty one. <laughs> and I'm kind of like any person that plays baseball that can brag an 841 batting average clearly, clearly is one of the greatest fictional baseball players of all time. And if you've actually gone through, which I, I, I doubt that you guys have, and I, I'd be shocked if you have, you've actually gone through the series of bad news bears, baseball movies. Um, uh, Kelly leak is he has a really decent character arc, right? In the second movie, I think they they do a traveling team and he has issues with his father and that type of stuff. But like he has a pretty decent character arc. Uh, but yeah, that's my that's my outfielder pick. I'm I'm going for another kid who I think is going to be a baseball great when he grows up. I'm going Kelly Leak. Yeah, I mean, if you're taking anyone from Bad News Bears, it's got to be Kelly Leak. Um, and uh, you know he the second movie he's driving them to the Astrodome on the bus, even though he's like 14 or whatever he's supposed to be at the time, um, uh, ride a motorcycle, smoking cigarettes. He's, he's definitely mature for his age, plays up for his age. I think the, the only issue with Kelly leak is if you get to the, uh, third movie where they go to Japan, um, uh, Jackie Earl Haley has not, um, grown in stature as much as all of the other actors. <laughs> yeah, he does in the not movie. <laughs> So he's he's still very very diminutive compared to everyone else. Yeah, but, but see, like when he's older, when he's in Watchmen, yes. he's like he's, yeah. he has he has physical presence and physical dominance. Yes. So I so I know that Kelly Leak has it within him to grow into a small statured adult that can be a su- superior physical athlete. And I, I do enjoy the fact that um, at the end of the first movie, they lose the championship game. And then when the second movie starts, they're just being advertised as the champions who get to now <laughs> play in the traveling circuit because they won the championship game. So yes. um, I like to imagine there was some sort of uh, scandal that that disqualified um, the team from the first movie or something like that that let them... Uh, Sort of the same thing with the, oh, no, no. I was going to say the same thing with the Mighty Ducks, but they won. And then the weird thing in the second movie is the U.S. national team. They just take all of the Mighty Ducks and <laughs> nobody else. Well, I, I like to think of that as that it's kind of like a, a Little League World Series kind of thing where, yeah. you know, you're the American team, but you're, you're a specific team. from America, Yeah, you know? yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and another great thing about the Bad News Bears is that it was actually a groundbreaking sports movie. Sports movies really weren't portrayed that way back then, like in the mid-70s, or uh, not just that, just kids in general, like a kid film. Like, they, they said some awful things in that movie. They said ethnic slurs and just really awful things that kids say. And so it was one of those first movies that kids were actually more represented in a realistic manner yeah i have not seen this movie um it's one of my dad's favorite movies uh he used to love watching this movie i just never never watched it it's on my my bucket list to to watch at some point so yeah just don't watch the re- don't watch the remake just watch right watch right the <laughs> yeah that's, that's kind of what i figured in, in as it is in most cases i'm a little concerned it is a child uh, so it's tough yeah, to, you know, you're going to go dump money into a, a, a kid and hope they pan out. I don't know. Yeah. You it, know, it, it's, it's an iffy choice, but yeah, I, I have yeah. faith, man. I, I invest in the youth. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Paul. 
Yeah, I have. Uh, let's I see. hope yours get more and more obscure. <laughs> well, I'm gonna save my. Uh, I'm gonna save my most obscure one for um, for the end here. So I'm. I have. I have fewer obscure ones now to pull from. I had a couple of names. I think a little higher than this. Um, but some of them are pitchers, and since I've got good old Steve Nebraska on the mound here, I don't know if I want to do another. Um, you, you might want to have a backup because if this guy has a breakdown, uh, you know you're going to need somebody to pitch. Uh, yeah, this is um, that is true. You know what? I think I'm just going to go with the one with the better movie out of the two. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, I think an upside play here in that. Um, I can really unlock this player's potential if I can get people to stop trying to murder him, um, which happens multiple times in this movie. So I am going with Roy Hobbs from The Natural here. There we go. Um, so obviously has a uh, um, has has an extreme baseball talent that is um, uh, uh, sort of stunted from being able to show it off because he is shot by someone who is obsessed with killing the best baseball players and then later poisoned after he comes back after a 16 year layoff from baseball. But the, as the, as the name of the movie implies the natural, he clearly has the natural baseball talent to get shot, take such a long layoff, come back and still be a, um, a pretty premier performer in a playoff chase. Uh, so a much shorter track record. I've got now I've got two guys with a pretty short track record, but I like the upside potential of both of them. So Roy Hobbs in the outfield here. Nice pick. Um, and Roy Hobbs's statistical uh, evaluation here is only based on around 72 games. And in 72 games, he hit 51 home runs. <laughs> <laughs> he also had a 1.415 OPS. And don't ask me where I'm getting these numbers from. It's probably fake anyway. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he had a four home run game. Um, he had a magical bat called Wonder Boy, right? And uh, when he breaks the bat, his best quote in the movie is, pick me out a winner, Bobby. Like he, like, he relates to the kids. And that's what baseball is about. It's about, yes, the, it's, it's about, it's about the children. That's right. That's right. And his bat that he gets, it's almost like a superhero origin story, right? Like the, yeah. the tree that his father died leaning against is then struck by lightning. And then he crafts a baseball bat out of the destroyed tree. That's like, that's the start of an MCU movie or something. I was about to say, yeah. I was about to say, um, <laughs> very star Lord esque. I, uh, I had, I had Roy Hobbs on my list. Let me see. I had him at number seven. So okay, yeah, yeah. Right, right around here, right around here. I had, I had him at five. I had him at five. Okay. Um, so Paul, I'm going to try and downgrade your pick here by encouraging the viewers, the listeners to go see the Roy Hobbs character from the novel, the natural, which he is not portrayed in such great light uh, and he's a little more down on his luck and does not get the breaks. Um, so just go read the Wikipedia synopsis. If you don't feel like reading the book, uh, which I'm not recommending necessarily uh, to kind of get a feel for maybe what this guy's really about. Uh, he's taking bribes. He's throwing games. Uh, he's losing games. 
So, well, I, I am going to recommend that the listeners just look at a picture of Robert Redford <laughs> and then think about whether or not you want to vote for Robert Redford. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the ultimate like combination of Babe Ruth slash Ted Williams. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. He, he, he does say in the movie, um, I want like when people, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best there ever was at the game. Right. Like he yeah. has that, he has that mentality of Ted Williams, but the, yeah. the panache of Babe Ruth. Right. The, the, uh, the grandeur, the kind of uh, mystical presence of a, uh, of a Babe Ruth. Megan, please just stop trying to murder him. Everyone. That would be <laughs> great for my team. Yeah. But, it's, oh. but again, he's only going to play like half a season. Yeah. But you're going to have to replace <laughs> those lights every season, you know, at, you know, that's the I, other I downside. He, he also strikes out at the end of the novel as well. It's like at the end of the movie, spoilers, sorry. He hits the home run and like the, the classical music comes on, you know, with the, the thematical thing. But in the book, he strikes out. Yes, he's out. Again, clarifying, I'm taking the movie. <laughs> Roy Hobbs. Uh, All right, I, I, I would actually think that like a lot of people want to pick Roy Hobbs number one and they're going like, Wait, Roy Hobbs is almost is not even almost right. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. That's how we roll around here. Yeah. All right. Um, I am in a pickle. I've got two pitchers here. I don't have a pitcher yet, so I want I want to get a big league arm. I got one from a movie that I enjoy more, but the other one's probably a better pitcher. Uh, what to do? Okay, I'm going with a, a character that uh, from a movie I don't care for, but I'm going to take Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah. In For Love of the Game, Billy Chapel. Again, I'm playing up the statistics for this draft to make a good team, not necessarily the better movie or the better character. Kevin Costner's For Love of the Game, his worst baseball movie, I think we can all agree. But uh just shy of 300 wins over 3000 strikeouts finishing his career with a 2.95 ERA and a 1.15 whip uh additionally there's a comment in the film by a team trainer that says Chapel has won every award there is to win for a pitcher so there's that uh i've seen this movie again in pieces it's an interesting structured movie. The concept is kind of cool. Over the course of a pitched game, there's flashbacks and the pitcher doesn't realize he's throwing a no hitter until the end. Uh, but it really just doesn't deliver emotionally like it should. A couple of fun facts. Uh, have either of y'all seen For Love of the Game? I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember who played the catcher? Oh man, uh, I do not. Don't. John C. Riley was his catcher. Oh, That's, really? Nice. Wow. Yes. yes. Um, that I, I remember more of John C. Riley <laughs> than I do of like his ex-wife or whatever was happening there. I feel so, like that's true for most movies that John C. Riley is in. <laughs> I think you're right. So uh, Billy Chapel, uh, for love of the game, is going to be my my star career long pitcher. So that is a great pick because that's right 
around where I had him. I had him as my number 10. And so you got him right at number nine. So yeah, I, I totally see that. Uh, nine time all-star, three Cy Youngs, uh, MVP rookie of the year, like all those awards. And like, I think they depicted this guy, like, I think they were trying to sh- show him off as like, he's like a Roger Clemens type of guy, but he's more a craftier dude. He's like a, a Tommy John slash Burt Blyvelevin slash Mike Messina slash Greg Maddox. He's like, he's just like the amalgamation of like what a durable long time, right. you know, award-winning pitcher is. I will say this too. I can't stand this movie. I like as a baseball movie lover, I do not like this one. Um, my dad loves it. He, he really, yes. He loves, you know, Hey, the older guys like Kevin Costner, you know what I'm saying? So like, (laughs) that's true. I, I, I I just, I couldn't get into it. I mean, I liked like bull Durham and field of dreams, but for the love Mm -hmm. of the game, I was just, I just was not into it. But Billy Chappell as like a fictional baseball character, he's one of the best. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, we could we could have done this draft almost primarily with Kevin Costner filling different <laughs> slots. So good That's to get true. Costner in. Uh, Costner and Snipes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good to get Costner in, um, in for one of these picks. But uh, yeah, I mean the just the the durability um, to have a starting pitcher who can pitch well that deep into a career is um, is a hard feat to pull off. Uh, you know, you get a lot of a lot of those guys that have two or three hot seasons and then one arm surgery or something flame out of there. So anytime you can anchor your rotation for a long time, um, that is some high value. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, sorry. Go ahead. One thing I did like about the movie, though, is that I think if I remember it correctly, like once he wins the game, he's done. Yeah. 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 I, I really also like he's got a really good not old school, but certainly not modern from a 21st century, but a good late 20th century pitching delivery style. His windup is very old school, you know, small step back glove over the head, you know, doesn't, he's not bringing so much torque. Like he doesn't look like a, some sort of Tim Lincecum, like fully, you know, bringing his body around. He's got a very old style, very, you know, elder pitcher style of, of, uh, of delivery, which I, I thought also played on that character of, you know, he's a long haul pitcher over the course of his career, very durable, like you said, um, not some, not somebody who's gonna like, you know, be all over the papers and ESPN for a couple years, just one of those workhorses that you're gonna have, uh, essentially Kevin Costner, he's playing himself, but in yeah. baseball form, not in actor form. He's just so good at the baseball form, though, like Costner, like they just, they just, he just that was his niche he's like he was so good mm-hmm. at portraying a baseball player yeah yeah what what i'm waiting for is the uh the baseball movie starring a submariner i want <laughs> i want the sidearm pitching motion front and center in a in a movie i'm, I'm trying cameron i'm trying to remember who's the um uh the australian pitcher that played for the braves that was sidearm Peter Moylan. Moylan, yeah, that's. I want the Peter Moylan sports biography. He was. He, he was. He was. A, he was. A, he was pretty. He was pretty good as a as an eighth, seventh, eighth inning guy for about <laughs> yep. two three years. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's about how long those guys last. Yeah. 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 Uh, Paul, that's some. That's some money ball strategy right there too. Yep. 
What do you think, Paul? Uh, you want to keep going? You want to do a quick recap? Let's, let's do a let's do a quick recap. We've thrown a lot of names and and numbers out there. So we can just we can just all read off our our list real quick to make sure everyone is on the same page. So Gentry is our first pick. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? All right. So my first pick, I picked Benny the Jet Rodriguez for his versatility. Can play any position. At number two, I went for a starting pitcher. I went Bingo Long from. <laughs> a very superfluous movie title. Uh, he's basically Satchel Page. And then my number three pick, off the wall, I wanted to do a pick from the Bad News Bears, and I got outfielder slash shortstop Kelly Leak. Right. And my uh, my team starts off with Steve Nebraska throwing the Immaculate World Series game from the mound and also hits four home runs in the course of that World Series. I've got shortstop Buck Bakai um, playing for the, the Planetary Baseball League and then outfielder Roy Hobbs. Uh, and I have Mr. 2,999 himself, Stan Ross from Mr. 3000, uh, Bobby Rayburn from The Fan, uh, and Kevin Costner's Billy Chapel from For Love of the Game, perhaps the greatest baseball movie ever crafted. You know, <laughs> Cameron, underrated uh, bonus for your team is you get those 2,999 flavors of ice cream uh, from, from Stan Ross. So... <laughs> rolling that ice cream truck up into uh into practice and those those spring training games i think that's a it's gonna help out i didn't think about that paul but that sounds pretty good for uh for front office as well so. <laughs> all right well why don't you take us into the fourth round here okay um we've kind of passed all the people that i would want um except for one more so i got two more picks I really want one, but I think y'all aren't going to pick them. So I'll save him until the end. I think I'm going to go with another pitcher. I'm going to go with a one-two punch. This one, I'm not going so much on the stats. It's more the movie. This is a, I'm not going to say it's a guilty pleasure because it's actually a good movie, but it's not, it's not like an Academy Award winning film, but it's a good movie. Uh, I'm going to go with, God, this is probably from the mid nineties. So I don't have the, the year, but I'm going to go with Henry Rodengardner from <laughs> rookie of the year. Uh, you want to talk about drafting a kid. Now this kid has played in the majors. So uh, I think it's uh, probably a little bit safer bet than Kelly leak, but uh, <laughs> Henry Rodengardner, rookie of the year, Chicago Cubs, starting pitcher world series champion. Also, um, but of course, the movie we only see them uh, win the, I believe, the pennant against the Mets. But great movie, uh, some great, great baseball scenes, some great baseball kind of, you know, inside scenes. You know, you got the quirky pitching coach, you got the the older, not doing well anymore pitcher mentoring the new younger pitcher. You got the front office guys. You got the owner. You got the announcer, John Candy, playing a great um, uh, Harry Carey impersonation in the announcer's booth. Uh, and uh, and it's a good feel-good movie, too. Great score, by the way, also by Bill Conti. Underrated score, in my opinion. Um, I, I, one time we were at my parents' house, maybe two years ago. My parents, my brother, his fiance, my wife. We were just sitting down and we go, oh, look, uh, Rookie of the Year is on. I haven't seen that in about 12 years. And we watched the whole movie. 
uh, it, it was great. So uh, a bit of a personal pick for me, but I only have one pitcher. like to get a good staff going here. So uh, he'll be number two on the rotation, Henry Roland Gardner. Yeah, so I was on my list as well. So Leek and Rowan Garter, I, I both had written down. They were the only, um, the only children to crack my top fifteen <laughs> uh, from baseball movies. But um, you know, the I think the downside here is you're going to have to be, uh, you know, I'm trying to avoid accidents with Roy Hobbs here. You're going to have to be causing a few accidents because you got to reverse that muscle tightness in his arm to get the pitch velocity back up so yeah the, be the pitch, some the trip pitching, wire in the clubhouse yeah, or something the, the pitching coach is mostly going to be pushing him down once a year to kind of <laughs> mess that arm up again i think but, uh, i totally agree. <laughs> so we have to apply physical abuse for this kid to be effective right that's what we're saying essentially <laughs> yeah uh, medically sanctioned like there'll be a doctor on hand yes like they 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 they've done studies of the science that like say hey if we push his arm mm -hmm. this way in particular he's going to yep. be effective right uh <laughs> i i had him on my shout outs i i, I wasn't I, he was kind of like on my uh if i need to i'll mm -hmm. draft him but i didn't get hit like is he the kid that was also an american pie yes, yes. okay yeah so great movie such a great movie and as a kid is such an enjoyable feature uh with because when you're a kid, you know, and they say, hey, say you can be come play in the major leagues as a 12 year old. And you're kind of like, what? That's every kid's dream. Right. That's what that movie like gives to you. So that's that's I would I look at more Henry Rowan Gartner as like a solid relief pitcher that can give you about, you know, 40 or 50 innings a year when he's healthy. You okay. Know? Yeah. So you got your Billy Chapel, right? Uh, doing your long, long pitching, and then you got if you need your closer, you got Ruin Gartner coming in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's a that's a good good point. You know, we'll move him around. We'll see where he feels comfortable. He's a kid, right? So he's got school sometimes. So you never know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it is a good movie. Uh, I I really enjoy it. Um, it it does a couple cool things. It doesn't play into a lot of stereotypes, right? The ending. It's not your typical you know, home run, your typical bunt to score, your typical, you know, strikeout. It, it does some really, you know, it, it makes its own ending, which is great. And then I've also, also, also love the, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, he's able to walk away from baseball, which is kind of, you know, we were hoping the, the scout did something like that. Um, and also a really cool, he, he's got a single mom, right. And the mom mm -hmm. stands up for herself. You know, there isn't a father figure necessarily in a, in a traditional sense, um, in the family. So kind of cool having a, a different kind of family unit in a family movie. If I'm not mistaken, um, the guy that's the mentor, isn't that Gary Busey? Yep. Oh, <clears throat> Gary yep. Busey plays yeah. Chet Stedman. Um, I tried <laughs> to find some stats on him, but the, all they say is just, he's just, he's burnt out. He's done. So I'm assuming he was like Billy Chapel, but like three years after he should have retired, retired. So, and, and but, um, he was actually pretty good in that movie. He was good. <laughs> the best part is that the scene, if you remember where uh, Henry's rattled, he's out there on the mound and he's getting rattled. And the, the manager says, go out there and, and talk to him. You're a pitcher, you know, talk to him. And he goes out there and Gary Busey just gives a Gary Busey speech. He says <laughs> a bunch of meaningless stuff and nonsense and uh, if we don't get it pulled down, I'll put a clip of that right here, the, the Gary Busey speech, um, which is totally just Gary Busey playing into who he knows he is, uh, a random 
you know, meaningless words person who makes up stuff that he thinks is true. Uh, and it's, it's a hilarious scene because he walks away from the mound and he's like, what did I just say? And uh, so it's a, it's, it's a good laugh. Yeah. Oh, and Daniel Stern plays mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Stern mm-hmm. from, you know, Home Alone or Born in East L.A. Uh, plays the Venkman, the pitching coach, the real quirky pitching coach who's always, you know, acting weird or whatever. It's a, it's a great class. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a great film. And Henry's, uh, you know, even if the arm strength doesn't come back, he's got the craftiness. Get you out at first with the uh, the hidden ball trick. The old hidden ball trick. Now, I don't know if the, hey, I'm going to throw this up as high as I can and you run the second. I don't know if that's going to work in the majors. I don't know if that's going to work in Little League, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, work in the EFIS pitch in there for him, but yeah. I got thrown an EFIS pitch once um, in Little League. And I didn't swing at it, and I it was not a strike. But I think the umpire was so surprised, also, <laughs> that he just called it a strike. I was pretty, I was pretty pissed. I was like, "That's not a strike, man." I mean, it came way above the shoulders, came right down. So whatever, I'm still I, sour about it. It's 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 20, 20 years ago, and I still can't get over it. I used to pitch in little league and teenage ball, and uh, I didn't throw very hard, but I could throw strikes, right? And uh, Again, I mentioned Satchel Page earlier. He used to have this pitch called the hesitation pitch, where like when he was doing his windup, he would kind of like have a little hitch and before like when he threw it, you know. And uh, I tried doing that as like a 13, 14 year old, and the umpire called a balk. Really? And he, and he was just like, oh, "That's a balk. You can't do that." And I'm like, "Set." And it's me. Satchel Page. Like, I, I, that's a, I, I'm like, "This is what Satchel Page." As a 13, 14 year old kid, I was like, "Satchel Page did it." And like the people looked at me like, "What is he talking about?" So yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> now your get up was your your you had already started your motion. Your leg was already raised. Yeah, you, like you, it, you, it's uh, you, you see actually uh, some uh, like a lot of the Japanese academies do this type of stuff too. But what a page used to do, like he had, he had like 30 plus different windups or uh, deliveries. He would, he would, he would, he would deliver it. And then just like, as he's putting his leg down, he would kind of have a little just pause and then go. And I, there was a pitcher in the major leagues that did this a while ago named Jordan Walden. He threw for the angels, I believe. And he might've thrown for the Braves for a little bit. If I remember, I can't remember. I might be off on that, but Jordan Walden, uh, he had this weird little funky jump off, uh, the rubber type of like a mm. little bit, a little bit of a hitch delivery uh, that I remember. And they never called that a box. So that uh, anyway. Yeah, he was your, yeah, he played um, the name ring a bell. You're right. He did play for the Braves, Angels, Braves, and then Cardinals. Yeah. And I remember lots of debates about his motion. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yep. Wow. We just talked about Jordan Walden. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, you got two more. So this is, uh, I think this isn't going to be your darkest horse that you're going to pick. Yes. So uh, who you got? Yeah, not not the darkest pick here. Uh, this was going to be the spot where I was aiming to take um, Leon Carter from Bingo Long. Um, and I, I had him over Bingo Long himself because it's hard to find a catcher from a, like a movie or a show who's not a washed up, wise old veteran right that's primarily the the catcher's role in movies and things um but just for the sake of giving us another kind of movie to talk about i think i'll i'll skip out on that pick so what i'm looking at here 
Um, I've got a few names that I'll throw out in the um, the honorable mentions that I, I like here as well, but I'm looking at a couple of third basemen. I want to shore up. I've got a shortstop. I want to shore up the uh, the left side of the defense here uh, because it's a little bit easier to get someone on first that can play some solid defense, right? So um, I've I've I got a couple of names here. And I think I guess I'll go with the one who I can just talk about a little bit more of the two. Um, so I'm going to go Roger Dorn here for the third pick. Um, so in Major League, right? We've we've rent, we've mentioned Willie Mayhays, but um, Dorn is the character who is uh, a jerk, but the one guy who actually is a good baseball player at the start of the movie, unlike the rest of the team that has to grow into it. Um, but solid third base player, good hitter, and uh, throws a mean right hook. So that's always a bonus in if any brawls are breaking out in the field. So yeah, I don't, I don't have as much um, uh, to get into with Roger, but uh, you know, I like Corbin Benson and um, just a good, good solid third baseman here. Yeah, he, he was on my list at the very bottom. Uh, it was like, if this draft goes sideways, um <laughs> Roger Dorn may be your your last round pick. Um you know, it's just it's tough cuz I you know, I don't know he's not he's not the flair that you would want in a draft pick necessarily. Yeah, uh, yeah. but you're right, he's the consistent stable well relatively career-wise stable production player that's in in the movie major league. Um and right, he's up there are we waiting for the other people to get good while he doesn't become too big of a jerk in the process which he kind of does, but uh yeah. No, I, I had him on here. So um, interesting to get a third baseman. I don't think couldn't find another third baseman in the movies. Not not a sexy position for a film, mm-hmm. I guess. There's one. There's one other big fictional one that I've got. I don't know big, but there's there's one other big movie that has a third baseman in it. Huh. Uh, I, I, got one. I got one. I got okay, one. Okay. Like Roger Dorn. I had Roger Dorn. I had. He was in my twenties. Like I. I like one of my favorite lines that he said in the movie, I can't repeat on the podcast. I can just, I, I can, uh, I can say the edited version and he says, strike this guy out. Um, <laughs> Cause like, I remember watching this, uh, this movie back when we had cable TV, when it was just, you know, cable and no streaming stuff, but mm-hmm. they would, the USA, the channel USA mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. would, would edit these movies. <laughs> and like, like the one thing I remember about Roger Dorn when it came up to Rick Vaughn at the end of that movie and the way they edited it, he was like, strike this guy out. And like the way, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the way they edited it was just so hilarious. Yeah. Like Ro- Roger Dorn does have a really great character arc in that movie though, because he's again, typical like baseball jerk, like rich dude. And then when he's going through the motions and the team's starting to do well, he's going through the, like getting the ground balls on his chest and the bruises and everything. And like him and Rick Vaughn are enemies throughout the whole movie. And Rick Vaughn does the the stupid thing that Rick Vaughn does. And Dorn does the stupid thing that Dorn does. And like, it's like that baseball bro mentality. We're like, let's work this out and win the game type of thing. And uh, you know, Roger Dorn's a good baseball character. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, we, I, again, I, I give us the chance to talk about major league a little bit too. Um, yeah. I think Vaughn is, uh, probably a name people would have thought of pretty early thinking of fictional baseball players. I had the feeling that the three of us were, um, enough of baseball nerds that we would know 
not to take a relief pitcher <laughs> pretty early if you're if you're picking five players um you know just the this the small amount of time that a relief pitcher can impact a game even the best relief pitcher can sometimes be less valuable to a team than like a mediocre third starter um kind of character right but uh still wanted to get a major league character in the draft because it is a fantastic movie yeah it is like major league's a wonderful movie and actually like going for like cameron do you have any more thing any more on uh roger dorn what more is there really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, i'm gonna i'm actually gonna stick with major league and i'm gonna just sure. throw a curveball i'm gonna throw some junk i'm gonna throw some greasy just nasty stuff because this guy needs a shout out i think this guy is a staple of a team and i'm I, i'm gonna draft him like i thought i was gonna get a catcher for my core and I think I'm going to bypass that because Paul's talking about, you know what? Like most of the catchers on this list are pretty much washed up. I mean, like, I don't want to name drop anybody right now unless we want to talk about them later. Right. But I think there's one major one besides, mm -hmm. besides Leon Carter that everybody's thinking about um, who I love. There's another catcher on this list and a sequel to major league that I think is a very, very good player. But I think I'm going to bypass the catcher here. I'm going to go another pitcher. So I, got, I already got Bingo Long. I'm going to go. I'm going to go one-two punch on the pitchers, just like Cameron did here. I'm going to stick with Major League. And this guy, I consider him like a Gaylord Perry, a guy that just puts gunk all over, all over everywhere. And that is Eddie Harris from Major League. I'm going Eddie Harris, and this guy known as old reliable through over 5,000 innings. He won 318 games. He had a 3.55 ERA, which if you throw 5,000 innings, having a three and a half ERA is mm -hmm. really, really good. He had 245 complete games. So like he's at the end of his career in major league and major leagues around like 1988, 89 or so. So he pitched in the seventies and the eighties. So like, that's kind of a typical star pitcher. That's a, you know, that's again, that's like a Gaylord Perry, a, a Burt Blylevin, a, a, or even earlier, like Jim Palmer type of guy. Um, my favorite quote from Eddie Harris. Well, first of all, let's talk about what he put uh, before I get to my quote. He puts Crisco Vaseline Vagisil and snot <laughs> in multiple <laughs> places on his uniform. Um, so he's very, very intelligent. And he, his major conflict <laughs> in the movie is with Pedro Serrano, mm -hmm. right? And like with Joe Boo. And there's a conversation that they're having in this movie. And the, the, the punchline at the end of the, end of the, end of this conversation is Eddie Harris. Um, and I can't remember the actor's name that plays this guy. But he, the way that he delivers this line is just great. And he's saying, you trying to say that Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? Like was just one of the most brilliantly delivered lines ever in a baseball film. And uh, Eddie Harris, uh, a state, he, I kind of put him in the Billy Chapel, maybe not as good as Billy Chapel, but I put him in the stratosphere of that. He like, by the time Eddie Harris was in his heyday or uh, at, sorry, uh, twilight in his career in the major league movies, he was an established like star. Right. So I, I, I'm going Eddie Harris for my, for my fourth pick there. 
Uh, Chelsea Ross is the actor. Ross, yeah. Yeah. Good character actor. Up. You'll see him in a lot of movies and television for the last in, 25 years. In a movie that uh, we've already mentioned earlier in the pod, too. He was uh, he was in Hoosiers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. As the, like one of the, the, the former coach, right? He was the coach I'm not, before. Maybe. Before I'm not Gene sure. Hackman. Yeah. Or he was like a, yeah. the, the interim coach and then Gene Hackman showed up. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, there's an interesting website that I found called Fictional Hall of Fame, where these people vote mm-hmm. on the fictional people to get in the Hall of Fame. And um, they do not have Eddie Harris in the Hall of Fame, uh, <laughs> mostly because of his uh, famous Vaseline ball. And they're afraid <laughs> they can't, uh, can't get that. Also, he has a very not appropriate um, retort to his, uh, his issues with uh, Pedro Serrano. Yeah, on the team, right? He says the line uh, uh, "F you, Jabu," which yes, yes. <laughs> uh, um, so he's not really going to fit in a 2021 team locker room very well right now. But uh, from an old school pitcher standpoint, uh, no, he will not. But I will say this though: he does say he does say negative things <clears throat> about Jabu. However, at the t- spoilers towards the end of the movie, Pedro Serrano comes to the conclusion hey joe boo you have not helped me out at all with the curveball that, that that's true maybe he was getting them there he was getting them there a little bit i feel like uh, he and that, kelly leak will be a good match they'll be their lockers will be right next to each other yeah. in the locker room and yeah. interesting enough this website says that uh you're right they said that he's clearly channeling gaylord perry so good oh there good, we go uh, yeah. good eyes there and, and and all the spitballers pre-1920 because mm. like they they outlawed that pitch 1920 but like a crazy thing about the spitball uh if you were a current spitball pitcher pre-1920 they allowed you to still pitch that pitch until you retired oh so, uh, really like, yes yeah, so like players there's there's one prominent one his name is burley grimes right burley grimes was a spitball pitcher uh, before 1920 and he actually had a long career after that primarily as like a junk ball spitball guy because that is they interesting yeah so they still let a, a few people do that if they were actually uh doing that pre-1920 that'd be like when they lowered the mound like <clears throat> yeah. three inches they let the guys who were pitching at the time bring a little stool and they could still pitch a little bit higher i mean that just seems like i'm sure it was just kind of like these guys are all like that's my only pitch you're taking you're taking away my my entire livelihood yeah, yeah. they're like all right well as soon as you're dead then we're, we're done with you yeah so, right interesting yeah i did not know that so i get i get one more here right yeah yep. all right so i've saved this pick this was my number two ranking person and he has slipped his way um, all the way through the draft. And I, I feel kind of bad for it. So there's this movie called, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, A League of Their Own. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I struggled with A League of Their Own because a lot of the characters in this movie um, are based off of real characters and they change the names. And I, and I, and I, I picked Bingo Long earlier right because he's based kind of like on a real character uh so from league of their own there's there's three female characters that i really wanted to pick um but due to their their character arc and just like their the shortness of what they could do 
I avoided it. I wanted to like uh, Kit uh, Kit Keller. Like I, w- I was right there, mm-hmm. almost picking her. But and then Dottie Miller and then uh, Marla Hooch was she was there, man. Like I like I was like I'm I'm gonna go Marla, but I didn't um, because they retired early. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go this guy here. And his famous line is, "There's no crying in baseball," right? I'm gonna go Jimmy Dugan for my final pick. And, and, and here's why. First of all, we talked about there's not no one, no other third baseman in the draft. Uh, Jimmy Dugan was primarily oh. he was primarily a first baseman, but he also did play third base and outfield and a little bit of catcher. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy Jimmy Dugan does have versatility. Now, the character that Jimmy Dugan is actually based on is a one of my favorite baseball players of all time named Jimmy Fox. And Jimmy Fox was a player from the late nine or the 1920s, late 1920s, Philadelphia athletics. Uh, they won the world series back to back in 29 and 30. He was also a Boston Red Sox in the mid thirties. And he also threatened Ruth's record. He had 58 home runs or so, just like Hank Greenberg did in the, in the mid thirties. So Jimmy Fox was uh, a wonderful, wonderful power hitter. One of the best hitters of all time. Like they compare Albert Pujols and Jimmy Fox were kind of on the same planar field there, but Jimmy Dugan was a fictionalized version of this character but and with a little bit of a change. So Jimmy Dugan um, nearly hit 500 home runs, like according to the, the lore of the movie, nearly hit 500 home runs. He hit 58 home runs in 1938. And uh, he, he, his OPS, his slugging, everything were, were comparable to the premier sluggers of the 1930s. And uh, the only problem with Dugan, the reason I kind of was like backing off a little bit is because he did have his personal issues uh, however, during his playing career, um, he was a phenomenal, just Hall of Fame type player. And he really receives his character arc in the League of Their Own, right? Where he is the stereotypical, like, oh, girls can't play baseball type of guy. And then he grows into like, oh, my gosh, I'm an idiot. And they can do anything that we can do type of person. So I'm going um, Jimmy Dugan for my final pick. That's that's interesting. I I also have some a league of their own contenders on my list, uh, but Jimmy Dugan was not one of them. I, I remember in the film him being a a, a really good former ball player, uh, but it's hard to get the image of a drunk sleeping in the in the middle of a game, you know, out of your mind uh, when you're trying there's, to draft somebody. Uh, so there's there's tons of lines that I could not use for Jimmy Dugan as well. <laughs> Yeah, the, there's no crying. And, and the scene itself is just, uh, it, it's great. His his incredulous look of like, why are you, it reminds me of my father, <laughs> you know? So let's not get into therapy session, but like, why are you crying? Why are you crying right now? You know, so uh, that's, a, that's a great scene. A scene that is uh, obviously played in baseball stadiums uh, nonstop now, along with uh, a plethora of others, but uh a, a great movie too. That's a fun movie. One of those movies, I don't know if anybody saw it in the theater, but I think we all caught it on TNT for about ten years straight. So yeah. Well, see, that's what baseball is supposed to do is bring up issues with your father. So there you go. <laughs> good point. It's a good point. Yeah, Gentry. I feel like your team here um, is going to go either two ways, right? One, um, Benny and Bingo are going to be able to to organize everyone together and keep them on track. And it's going to go great. Or you've got some characters here where it's going to be like 
the Red Sox when they had that collapse at the late season because players were just going into the locker room to like eat fried chicken and drink beer. Like it's gonna like that's gonna be happening in the in the locker room here for your team if uh, if Benny can't keep everyone on the street. Benny, that, that's why Benny's number one. He's got to hold them all together. He's like, I, I got to get on base. I got to steal home. Nobody's gonna hit me in. You know? I got Benny and Bingo. That's like that's there you it. go. B and B. Yeah. I I like it. I, um, uh, I think like Cameron, I just didn't, I don't know. I just was picturing movies where you see, you know, they're primarily, um, the player in the movie. So just the fact that he was the coach in the movie, it just slipped my mind to even think about, Hey, he's also a good baseball player. So I should put him on the list. So I didn't have him on my list, but I think it is a solid pick. I thank you. I just, it was, uh, it was a tough, decision but like just based on statistics and this is where i went saber and this is where i went uh analytical you know because like mm-hmm. ba- ba- just based on the movie league of their own like no 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 you don't want to buy that you don't want to get that guy however like looking at the numbers he produced like as a fantasy draft choice i thought it made more sense yeah yeah i think it's solid all right paul last pick here all right. I think we're all interested after going very, very uh, <laughs> vanilla with Roger Dorn. Um, who do we got here? Is there what right. comic book was this person in or graphic novel? From a book, not a graphic novel. Um, from a book that was originally written in the 50s and they republished a, a different version, but similar version in the early 2000s. Let me tell you how I found this book. So in doing research for this, uh, there is a um, a Cincinnati Reds fan blog that last summer did a series of posts about fictional baseball characters when we were waiting for baseball to start during all the COVID negotiations. And I was reading their post about Steve Nebraska. And I happened to take a look at the comments and someone just mentioned, hey, you should do this character from this book. So I looked it up and I think this plays into a couple of themes I've had with my team, which one is unconventional paths to the major league and two uh, very weird statistical feats that they're able to accomplish. So um, I'm going to go, his name is Dave King. He is from the book, the kid who batted 1000. So Dave King in the book, uh, in the fifties book, which is the one the the version I I prefer after reading the summary of the two books is um, a chicken farmer from Oklahoma and a player for a fictional MLB team. And this pitcher, a pitcher for the team, his name is Pretzels Litzenberg, which is one of the greatest fictional names I've ever heard in my life injures his arm. And so the team for some reason sends their star pitcher to scout players in like backwoods, Oklahoma. He finds Dave King and Dave King as the a guy who just wants to own a chicken farm. That's his life ambition has invented a salve out of chicken fat that heals pretzels injured arm. And pretzels says, okay, that's awesome. I can go back to the major league, but I was supposed to be finding talent. So let me throw you a few pitches and see how you do. It turns out that Dave has the ability to hit any ball in the strike zone at any time. However, he can never get a hit. He can only hit foul balls, but he hits them 100% of the time. So they put him in the major leagues, 
And every single at bat, he draws a walk because they throw like 20 pitches at him and he fouls off everything in the strike zone until eventually they throw four out of the strike zone. So he goes through the whole book walking literally every at bat of his career. They get to the World Series. And at this point, he's become like a villain in the eyes of the sports journalists who hate how he's playing the game. And so he's been training on the side to get better at hitting. So then in, in game seven of the World Series, he comes up to bat, tied game in the bottom of the ninth, hits a home run out of the park for his only hit of his career uh, because he has an on-base percentage of 1,000 with many at-bats. But the one time he puts a ball into play, it's a home run to win the World Series. So I want this guy to just be getting on, on base so that – uh, Hobbs and Dorn in Nebraska can bat him in because um, he is he is going to walk every at bat of his career. So Dave King and in the in the for some reason they just redid the book in the early 2000s and instead of a chicken farmer they made him a college kid who like was high school aged but got into MIT early and just used like science to figure out how to hit foul balls or something like that. I don't like that guy. I like chicken farmer origin stories. So I'm going uh, Dave King and a shout out to the Cincinnati Redlegs fan blog for throwing this tip my way. Oh man, my dad's going to love that. So uh, <laughs> he's, he's a Cincinnati guy. So <laughs> that's going to be a nice thing. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like you can't beat a 1000 on base percentage. <laughs> He's Billy Bean's like dream. This is <laughs> if Billy Bean could conjure a baseball player. It would be Dave King. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, what was that book called again? Uh, the kid who batted a thousand is okay. the book. Yeah. Okay. A chick chicken farmer is better. Yeah. The reviews on Amazon say it's, it's a really solid book. So I might have to pick it up for one of my uh, new year's resolution books. And it's a, it's like a children's book. Yeah, it's like a young adult fiction. Young adult book. book? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, it, so uh, the first name that comes to my mind is Dave Kingman, mm -hmm. like that player. But like the the way that you describe him, like being a chicken farmer, I'm like I I, I go Mickey Mantle, like coming from Oklahoma, you know. Yeah. Being the, yeah. So yeah, like good, cool. I like that. Yeah, I mean, hit, hit batting at that. What can you say? Um, <laughs> Your lineup's looking really good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you got like you put Dave King at leadoff, yeah. I mean, he's always going to get on base, right? You got Roy Hobbs that can play half the season and probably hit a home run. And you're like, you got two runs in the first inning for at least half the season, right? That's right. Uh, the ratings might be real down considering how long <laughs> the games are going to stretch with Dave taking 30 <laughs> pitches every at bat. Yeah, <laughs> talk about ruining the game, um, for sure. You get, oh, you Lord. get. Billy Chapel versus Dave King. That's going to be an hour long at bat. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I have no words. I knew it would be something like this. I'm not. I'm not surprised. But I was just waiting to see what uh, what would drop. So, all right. Well, Cameron, close us out here. Yeah. Okay. I was. I'll, I'll be honest. I was going to take somebody from a league of their own, but in the interest of getting a nice diverse draft here, I think I'm going to switch um, and I'm going to pull from a movie we have not drafted from uh so this is gonna be i'm gonna just get a pitching staff going right i mean pitching wins you know seasons 
you know, um, as long as it's a seven game series, you're in great shape. So if we go into one of these crazy one game wild cards, I'm not going to be happy, but um, in any seven game series, I'm going to pull another picture in here. This is a 1973 movie, not seen by a lot of people. I'd be surprised if both of y'all saw it. Maybe one of y'all have seen it. I meet people every once in a while who have seen it, but it's not very well known. It's got a early little known Robert De Niro in it. Um, this is Bang the Drum Slowly, which as a kid, I always heard that title. I had no idea it was a baseball movie. It doesn't sound like a baseball movie, right? Um, but I'm going to be taking Henry Wiggin, the star pitcher for the New York Mammoths, who look like they just took Yankees jerseys and just called them the New York Mammoths because they use an NY also. So interesting uh, interesting approach to costume costuming there for the movie, but um, star pitcher with a heart of gold. Uh, if you don't know the setup of the movie, uh, the star pitcher is Henry Wiggin. His catcher is Robert De Niro, the catcher. Uh, and Robert De Niro plays a bit of a, a slower intellectual, a slower intellect person, not quite all there, just, you know, an, a regular ball player and uh, that he gets diagnosed with a terminal illness i don't remember what it was but um the pitcher henry finds out and he kind of walks him through what they kind of realize is kind of his last year or you know alive so it's a very emotional film and uh he kind of becomes his his confident and his his advisor and his 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 just I don't know, partner in this kind of journey for him, you know, as he knows his death is near. Um, so I'm, I'm drafting him a, cause he's a great pitcher. He took him to the world series and they won the world series that, that year, at least that's what the, the, the epilogue says, I think. And, uh, and he's just a great human being. He actually negotiated his contract so that the team would keep Robert De Niro's character on because he knew that's all the character had in his life was baseball. So he refused to, to sign on without them also signing the catcher. Um, but it's a, it's a great movie. It's pretty emotional. You, you'll probably get a little dusty at the end, but uh, it's a good watch um, and it's a great picture. So bang the drums slowly. Henry. Thank, you. Thank you for mentioning that movie. I like that. That was on my radar for that character uh great baseball film great early robert de niro back in the heyday of his early days uh i can't remember the, who's the actor that played do we know the actor that played henry wiggin uh the actor is michael moriarty yeah okay there we go right yeah like uh one of the more undersold underhyped baseball films mm -hmm. right because again it's baseball it's one of those baseball films that are it's more about the the emotional character arcs than it is about baseball, mm -hmm. right? And there's there's a couple of baseball films that I wanted to mention, and like the, some players that I wanted to mention that I was like, well, I, I probably won't get to them, right? So, um, but bang the drum slowly. That I'm I'm glad that got I'm glad that got on in on our draft. Yeah, I one I have not seen, so I, I don't I don't know a lot about the character. I just pulled up uh, the Wikipedia entry for the character who was also uh, the subject of four novels. So he was in a series of novels, the second of which is called Bang the Drum Slowly. So I assume huh. they probably condensed several of those novels into the film. But 
uh, it has this trivia here on his Wikipedia that says his teammates nicknamed him author because he was always writing. This is a horrible nickname. That does not roll <laughs> off the tongue. Hey, author. Arthur? You talking to Arthur? No, uh, author over. That, that, so that's that's in the movie, Paul. So the, okay. the, 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 the Robert De Niro's character, because he's not that quick, he thinks he, they're calling him Arthur. So he calls him Arthur. Uh, throughout the film as what he thinks is his nickname so did you write this movie or what what's it yeah you know <laughs> in my heyday of the, <laughs> the late 70s the 70s screen yeah. writing <laughs> um, yeah do we want to do do we want to do another rundown or just jump straight into uh straight into alternates sure i think we were pretty personal with these picks um so let's do a quick a quick rundown for everybody uh, I'll go first. Um, again, centralizing my team around Benny the Jet Rodriguez, the greatest all-around player that ever lived and played for the Dodgers. Great media presence, great personality for the team, helps his teammates. Like, you want this type of player on your team. My second pick was Bingo Long, a crafty superstar pitcher, one of the greatest arms of all time. We're not, we don't have solid stats on it, but we have legend. My third pick was Kelly Leak, 841 batting average. That's all I got to say. 841 batting average. And you never see him get it out in the movie of the Bad News Bears. He like he claims that he hit 841. You got to believe some Kelly Leak. Might not be the biggest player in stature, but still, when he grows up to be an adult, he's going to hit some for some power. Third, uh, and then I went uh, fourth pick, Eddie Harris, my junk baller. I got to love it. A guy that puts all sorts of stuff on his body, Vaseline and whatnot. And a long, long duration of a career. So I'm going Eddie Harris is one of my long-term guys. And finally, Jimmy Dugan, a durable player that can play both corners of the infield at first and third, play some outfield, maybe catch in the backup, and a big power bat guy there. And if you really need him to, he can manage a ball game. And my team is built around some characters with some interesting paths to playing baseball, but all of them um, great at some some marvelous statistical feats. So I've got Steve Nebraska throwing 112 from the mound and hitting for power at bat. I've got Buck Bakai who played for over 20 years in major leagues at a time when major leagues was really uh, uh, waning in popularity. So you know that he is um, he is doing this for the love of the game. Super consistent hitter broke DiMaggio's uh, record hitting streak and um, set a bunch of other records and also a, a good switch hitter. I've got Roy Hobbs, arguably maybe uh, one of the greatest to ever play the games, only sidelined because people kept attempting to assassinate him. Uh, Roger Dorn, because I needed a little bit of consistency in there, shore up the defense on the left side of the field. And then Dave King, he's not going to get a lot of hits, but he is going to walk literally every time he comes up to bat. All right. Uh, and for my team, uh, we're, we're going with uh, career lasting batting with a killer pitcher rotation. So we got Stan Ross, just about 3000 hits. We'll just call it 3000 hits from Mr. 3000. We have Bobby Rayburn, three time NL MVP from the fan, uh, the best Wesley Snipes ball player in film history and then we have this killer rotation we've got billy chapel kevin costner's for love of the game nine time all-star five times cy young is that even possible did cy young even do that no i don't think so clemens um, had seven 
Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. It's the, this, the media, these, these sports journalists always got to chime in. Uh, in addition to that, we have Henry Arthur Wigan, World Series champion, uh, just the greatest teammate you could ever ask for. If you're dying, give Henry a call. And then another Henry, Henry Rowan Gardner from Rookie of the Year. He's got a mean fastball uh, and he likes to have fun with his friends too. There we go. Um, Paul, do you want to tell everybody where to go vote before we get into alternates? Yeah, so you can find linked in the notes of this episode uh, ways to get to all of our social media accounts. So Twitter and Facebook will have a poll up for you to vote on who you think has the best sort of core five baseball players. Um, so check that out. You can also find all those links at anchor.fm slash what's on draft. And if you have any comments or feedback you want to send us on this draft, you can email us at what's on draft podcast at gmail.com. Uh, still waiting on that first email, everyone. So let's get that get that in. Um, and then the other thing, if you enjoyed this draft, right, um, send it out to, uh, to any of your friends who are into baseball, baseball movies, uh, send it to Kevin Costner, you know, maybe he'll take a listen. Um, but we've also got a backlog of episodes on a very wide range of topics. So there should be something there that you could share the podcast with, uh, with somebody else. But all right. So any major alternates you guys want to throw out? I got a few. Yeah, um, go for it. Um, one guy that didn't get mentioned, I thought was the best offensive catcher in the draft that nobody picked up, um, Jack Parkman. Uh, he's from a movie called Major League Two. Oh. And uh, he, he's basically a Mike Piazza. Uh, not a very good defensive guy. And he, his, his, when, he, when he's on the Indians, every time he shimmies, the women love it. And then when he gets traded to the White Sox, when he does the shimmy, it makes the women want to puke. And like this, this is the line in the movie about Jack Parkman. Um, he's a 40 plus home run hitting catcher. Uh, so Jack Parkman, uh, I think needs a shout out. Willie Mays Hayes. Um, I was, I wanted to drop the, I wanted to pull the trigger on Hayes, but I couldn't because he reminds, he reminds me of like a, a Billy Hamilton. Like, mm -hmm. like yeah. he's super fast, but like the line from the movie is like, you might run like Mays, but you can't hit. <laughs> right you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um we you mentioned leon carter we got to mention some bull durham characters i think mm -hmm. yeah i had i had both them on my on my yeah. short list yep. um so you had, almost there yeah nuke lelouch and uh crash davis i really wanted to go crash davis yes yeah. Cra I, crash 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 all around great player um and great teammate um i think my hang up was he can't get back to the majors so how <laughs> how good is he really but uh but a great a great player and a great a great speech in that um a great baseball speech in that uh well, great speech one? he's got a he's got a one monologue and then is it the one where it's like long wet kisses yes. That last yes. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah yeah that's a good that's a great speech yeah i had lelouch on my list uh he kind of he kind of strikes me as one of those guys that might have a hot couple of seasons flame out then reinvent himself as the eighth inning guy that just blows it past you a couple yeah. of times and and you know can't go a whole game so I, I didn't have him in my top five but was on my list as an all-time great baseball movie name right the name means a lot for a baseball player and nuke lelouch is up there yeah, in the that's in a the good top. name that's a good name yeah yeah i had sam malone 
and uh, uh, Mayday Malone from Cheers. Oh yeah, he, uh, yeah. So I didn't think about that. But he wasn't very good. So like, <laughs> obviously, right? Like I mean, but still, it's like his 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 premise of his character on that show, which is like for the first four or five seasons of that show, is it's a phenomenal comedy show. Um, but he was like sixteen and thirty with a four plus ERA. Uh, just and he, and he was he was a drunk and he couldn't stay in the game but i was like first but but mentioning sam alone i think is important just because like the part of his central part of his character was being a baseball player um another one that i had um if i had to pick a baseball owner um i'd pick monty brewster and uh it's from a richard pryor the second time we mentioned mm-hmm. richard pryor being in a baseball movie it's from brewster's millions and if you guys have you guys seen this movie Mm-mm. from the 80s? No, I haven't. Yeah, I've seen this one. So Brewster's Millions, uh, he is a minor league or like a like way way low down uh, pitcher in some you know city league, and he somebody dies or something. I can't remember exactly what happens, but he gets offered um, millions and millions of dollars, right? So he get he says they give you thirty, they give him thirty days to spend, I think, $300 million, I think. And if he can spend $300 million in 30 days, then he win, then he like gets gifted oh. like exponentially much more money, right? And so like the whole movie is this Richard Pryor comedy about like him trying to figure out how to spend all this money. But there's all these rules and stipulations and stuff for it that he can't do. But like, again, he's like, he he's on this, ba- he's the pitcher for the baseball team. But he also he like the point of the movie he wins and he gets all this money so I'm like hey he'd be the perfect owner because uh, he he's he loves baseball and he wants to spend money on his team so I had to name drop Monty Brewster because uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite or like '80s Richard Pryor movies. Yeah, I had you know, we mentioned a lot of my alternates um, throughout the draft, but a couple that we haven't talked about. Um, uh, uh, the one I was debating against with Roger Dorn was Ray Mitchell from angels in the outfield who like Roger Dorn is a third baseman. Who's the one person who is good on the team before uh, they all begin to get better in the case of angels in the outfield. It's the intervention of angels. So, Hey, good player. And now you got angels on your side. You know, that could be a big boost to the career hitting. And then the other name I had on my list um, uh, that I, I just decided this was, I, I was weighing him against Roy Hobbs. And I went with Hobbs because it's a much better movie. Um, but I, I considered Daryl Palmer from The Slugger's Wife, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. who uh, plays for the Braves and ends up beating Roger Maris's single season home run record uh, in the movie. But not a uh, played by Michael O'Keefe, not a super believable looking uh, slugger and uh, just a bad dude <laughs> in, yeah. in the movie um, who's uh, becomes obsessed with them woman and has kind of a creepy controlling relationship with her so i just didn't really want him on my team but he can definitely hit hit for power so i I had him on my list um i think we've mentioned most of the movies uh i had various major league players a league of their own players um I also I had the Tony Danza character from Angels in the Outfield because the Angels kept helping him. I don't he wasn't good, but the Angels with him, like you said, were were pretty mm-hmm. good. So um, uh, a couple we haven't talked about. Uh, I had uh, Kenny Powers from Eastbound and Down. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know that would be a, a train wreck of a team to watch. <laughs> 
but um, that would be pretty good. And then I haven't seen the movie, but um, Tom Selleck and Mr. Baseball, um, mm-hmm. obviously he got shipped overseas. So, you know, how good could he be? Uh, and then I, I've seen the, the movie was a, not that great either. And then I, I don't, I've seen it you know, long ago, but I, I just didn't even look into it because I don't remember the movie much, but little big league, I know there were some baseball characters in that um, and on the twins, uh, but I didn't really do any, any research, but I kept seeing that movie pop up. Um, and it's the only one that I think we haven't really mentioned up till now. Yeah. So uh, just a couple more. Um, I, my, my dad, I uh, we have to mention Casey at the bat. Oh, mm-hmm. that was my yep. that was my dark dark horse non movie pick was Casey, Mighty Casey. Yeah, and then uh, Charlie Brown uh, is another one that I was like, okay, he's got to get some type of honorable mention because, like, <laughs> if I, I mean, he's not a good baseball player by right. any means, but I mean, like, again, that was kind of like a centralized yeah. part of his character. And one last one, um, it's a baseball movie that like a lot of people don't regard it as a baseball movie, but in, in its true essence at the end, it actually is. It's a movie uh, called Everybody Wants Some. And this movie came out in 2016. And it was kind of like a spiritual follow-up to Days of Confused. And the, the, the focus of this movie was this kid, freshman going to college, and he's a baseball player on a baseball scholarship. And he gets to this house where all these baseball players live. And there's a guy on that team named Glenn McReynolds that is this just natural great hitter and you just know that he is uh, uh, destined for fame and there's one, one of my favorite scenes is that he's wielding this axe and he's betting these guys that if he, they throw a baseball to him he can take this axe and swing it and chop the baseball in half and so like the, the one of the pitchers throws it and he does it and he swings it and it's so natural looking um, it's so great. It's a very ph- philosophical uh, baseball college humor movie. Um, very, very boyish, I would say. Uh, very, very male-centric humor. But the dialogue is great. And then the last 20 minutes, when the guys go out there and actually play baseball, they can play baseball. And it, it's so natural looking and so good. And so it's actually one of my favorite baseball movies is Everybody Wants Some. Wow, it, it looks like it's got good reviews. Yeah, I haven't yeah. heard of it before, but it looks like it's uh, yeah, pretty much uh, universally acclaimed. Yeah, no, it, it was kind of a low key thing, uh, and I can't remember the guy that the, the guy that did Daisy Confused and Slacker and uh, the Beyond movies were like Beyond Sunrise, Beyond Sunset. But uh, Link Ladder. Yeah, that guy. So uh, he's the one that directed it, and it, it basically it's just, it's a follow up to Daisy Confused. Uh, but great baseball movie, great characters in that movie. So Cameron, you, uh, you, you asked about graphic novels when I was making my last pick. Uh, if we were a little bit looser on the rules, right? I, I think we, what we agreed on was they had to primarily be a baseball player in terms of their fictional character. We were a little looser. Um, the Hulk has played baseball many times. Uh, <laughs> the longest stint of which was in the old Lou Ferrigno TV show. There's a whole episode where he, joins a baseball team and he's just the you know he's hulked out so it's just Lou Ferrigno in the Hulk makeup playing baseball but yeah here I'll, I'll throw up that's pretty uh that's pretty yeah I don't throw think that the... <laughs> torn pants uh, not the best not the best form I'll be honest um he's got that that chopping motion it looks like so 
but that's, but, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, he, he just mashes it out of the park all the time. <laughs> I, like, I like how it says slugger. Yeah. <laughs> somehow <laughs> somehow everyone's fine with this showing up uh-huh. at the diamond plan. <laughs> um, I, I, I wasn't going to draft it, but when you said Star Trek initially, um, there is an episode of Deep Space Nine where they play a baseball game in, mm-hmm. uh, in the holodeck, in the holosuite against an, a team from another ship. Um, and so Cisco has to train his staff how to play baseball. And of course they don't know how to play baseball and he gets them all trained and then they're having the game and he tries to get them to start doing a little bit of chatter, you know, Hey batter, Hey batter. And Worf, the Klingon, of course, uh, his chatter is death to the opposition. And I, I always thought that was, it. I would want him on the team just to say death to the opposition. Um, so I thought about picking him, but, uh, that's it. Yeah. That's, be- that's your bench coach. Yes. 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 <laughs> Two teams enter. One team <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, listeners, um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. The other thing you can do to really help us out uh, to get through the algorithm, get out there to more listeners, is give us a five star ratings wherever you are listening to this podcast. Um, right. If you're listening on the iPhone, you just hit the Apple Podcast app and five star. It's it's an easy process. So that is very um very helpful for us but um yeah gentry thanks for coming on we really appreciate it um love the love the research um you definitely uh you definitely had a lot more info than we did so that was that was huge and we, yeah thank you. seriously thank you. It, it's been it's been a blast we appreciate uh somebody with a, a a deep dive into into baseball to kind of bring that angle so it's been oh a lot of fun. thank you guys so much i really appreciate it I, I i've been looking forward to this again when uh paul sent me the message uh i i think i sent him back like I almost choked on my food because we were eating dinner and i and i and i saw that I was like, hey, you want to you want to be on this podcast? And I was like, but what? <laughs> so yeah, I I was super hyped about it, and I'm glad we got glad we got to have this this discussion. It was super fun. Great. Well, uh, what do we, we don't have Michael to wrap <laughs> Mike's it up? Our, Mike usually signs us off. You want to um, do his his closer? <laughs> All right. you, could, you could end it with a, a Jack Parkman quote. Um, oh no, oh, sorry, no, J- not Jack Parkman. It's Clue Haywood. So if we're gonna I'm gonna go back to the Major League movie. And we can end on the quote, the great philosophical quote by Clue Haywood. How are your wife and my kids? <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. Uh, <laughs> it took me, that, it took me a second and then yeah, I realized that's probably the cleanest major league quote I can yes, actually use. It's difficult. Yes, because that movie is that movie. <laughs> or had we taken that, Kenny Powers, that would have been another one. It'd be difficult <laughs> to have a podcast friendly. I found so many great Kenny Powers quotes, and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is a philosophical, <laughs> dirty genius. But I can't, uh, I can't, just yes. can't do it. <laughs>